Welcome back to another Noster News. It's good to be back in person. Max, it's good to see you. It's good to see you, DK. I think it was, uh, our last one was remote, right? Because we were on the road. Yeah. And we were we were off for a few weeks. So That's kind right. of, we're back here in San Francisco. And we're, good news is we're around all of May. That's right. Well. At least we are. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm actually going to be leaving Sadly, the week after next, because okay. I'm going to the Bitcoin conference for okay, like two right, days, right. and then there's uh, something happening in New York right after. So we'll, we'll have to figure it out from there. So but when for do you least, come back? Um, I'm back late May. Oh, boy. I know. And then you're going to be gone for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Because then we're gone like late May through kind of mid to late June. Oh, damn. So we've got... We're going to be just hit touch and go. <laughs> touch and go. Hey, but whenever we're here, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then at least by midsummer, I'm planning to be here through whenever. So. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And then I think uh, summer, we're probably going to be out and about, you know, as we are on the mountain. So, right, right. Um, but we can do remote shows like we did and we can dial we'll do that in. And as we're here, we'll do it here. And then at some point, we'll be back yes. in SF together <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> hey, well, but we're here now. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And it, I, I find it so fun and it just feels so different to like be sitting here across the table. So much more fun. It's so, so fun. Um, and I had Danny in here who you introduced me to. The I other listened day. to that podcast today. It was fantastic. It was so good. He was right in that hot seat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I feel like, oh, shit, I got to, uh, you know, I got to live up something now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Um, and who, who else is in town? We got some, somebody else in town who's, who's going to be coming by. I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like San Francisco isn't the center of this stuff, but there's enough people around that you, yeah, you stumble into them. And I think, well, my hope is that San Francisco is going to become more of a Bitcoin hub than it's traditionally been. Yeah. Um, I think that it certainly was like the quote unquote crypto hub, mm, not the right. only one, not like other technology <laughs> waves, but it's a lot more of those people come into Bitcoin and get excited about Noster. And I think Noster right. is what's going to get a lot of them. Yeah. I expect to see a lot more happening in the Bay Area. So, and look, I mean, even like a year ago, I think I had no companies in the Bay Area. Yeah. Now I've got Danny and yep. um, a couple other people here. So it's, it's building. Right. And what's, uh, I've actually never been to the Bitcoin conference. You're mm-hmm. going, you said in, is it Miami? Yeah, it's in Miami. I've gone the last two. Um, I, you know, I've, I've mixed feelings on, it. I mean, on the one hand it's awesome because just like everybody is there. Right. And so I, I'm, you know, supposed to be judging the track and I actually asked to be on the Nostra track, nice. whatever they're calling that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's exciting. Um, it's, it is a little overwhelming though. It's just like, I think I'm going to do it, you know, maybe only like two days, like a little bit more low key. There's a couple of meetings I want to take, but there, you know, the last couple of years, it was just like a lot. It was like parties every night and just nonstop. And, um, I, I mean, hats off to the BTC media guys. It's quite a production. I know that's like super hard to pull off. Uh-huh. Um, it's like, you know, the Woodstock, everything right. is there. Right. So it's, it's definitely not chill like Nostrica. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to miss the, the, um, the karaoke so I hope you'll represent us at karaoke. There's karaoke. There's Nostridge karaoke. What? I missed yeah. this. I thought I saw. I thought I saw like an Eventbrite or something, where a bunch of Nostra people. I thought I saw a bunch of people tweeting or writing notes about it. Um, Will I think at one point had tried to round people up and for real. Yeah, yeah. I have to look this up. Well, then, Get hey, in, in that in that case, DK, you may have to make a last minute That's decision. That's why I'm so crushed. I'm like, oh, karaoke's my favorite. <laughs> Come down for one day. That could be. It could be an interesting trip. Right, I guess I got to figure out the the timing because we've got we've got some of the you know the shows we run in San Francisco. So. Oh, gotcha. Well, <laughs> anyways, now that you say karaoke, I'm more intrigued. Yeah, Nostridge karaoke. Yeah, Nostridge yeah. get the people. Yeah, um, so it's yeah. provocative. Get some people going. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So um, what what else? So you've been you're officially you're like day job right is 
lightning noster mm-hmm. investor. Yeah. What's <laughs> day job? <laughs> what is that? What does it look like these days? Is there a lot of activity? Are things kind of chilled out? I know a lot of mm-hmm. traditional, I call it like normie tech venture, is pretty slow these days. Yeah, I think. there's not a lot happening. Um, well, um, so for context, I mean, I, I started my fund in late 2021, right? So it's about 18 months now. Mm-hmm. And I'm mostly deployed out of fund one. Um, kind of had to fit in a few of these Nostra deals, which I've been really excited mm-hmm. about. So I, I've continued to be active, but, you know, have done almost exclusively Nostra mm-hmm. in the last two months. And I expect to see that happen. There's one deal I might do very soon. That's like also more Bitcoin. Um, it's not exactly lightning, but it's kind of related to lightning. Uh-huh. It's kind of cool. But can um, you talk about any of the stuff that you've done? Or you want to keep it off the record for now? Um, well, this one I definitely want to keep off the record because it's like a live deal, and okay, there's yeah. like some, you know, it's getting finalized. But some of the other ones, I I don't know who's who's public and who's not yet. Okay, maybe we should maybe check better, with yeah, first. We'll check in with people. Yeah. Um, but um, but I'm really excited to talk about this. Like I, uh, <laughs> you know, because we've go invested in a lot of these. <laughs> but the the Nostra deals that I've done, I'm so stoked on, and like. You know, it's funny because on the way over here, you know, I was trying to do a little bit of my homework. I was listening. I already listened to your jam with both Pablo and Danny. So I want to talk about those. But I also listened to G Sovereignty's jam with Pablo, maybe the first 20 or 30 minutes. Fantastic. I'm going to start using that to like nostrich pill a lot of people because like their their excitement is just so palpable. I mean, you're listening to these guys and, you know, it sounds like they're like drug addicts. Like, man, I can't, (laughs) if I'm not coding on nostrich, I start to twitch. You know, I'm like, I'm I'm excited about that, but like make sure, you know, make sure you guys are like going outside or whatever. Are you like that too? You're like, if I'm not wiring money, I start to twitch? Definitely not. Like I, I look at the end of the day, I think VC is very fun. It's very interesting. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, I have a lot of interest in life and like, you know, um, but these guys, like they're, they're the hardcore builders and I love that. I mean, I love that these are the kinds of people that we're working with Yeah, and, um, I forgot where I was going with that. Hmm. Well, when you're talking to teams, are there any sort of characteristics that you would, you know, kind of observe about what makes a good team? In- oh, yeah, yeah. And, sorry. So, so go into that and then your original question with what's going on in sort of the venture landscape. So in, um, in terms of in terms of teams, I like to fund. Right, like I, I think it's not it's not like it's super different with Noster. It's a little different because it's a bit earlier than Lightning and Bitcoin is, um, but it's growing faster. And so, you know, for me, any team that I look at, right, like I, I talked about this in this panel in Nostrica, I like to look for people that I think are really smart and have sort of novel insights about the world. Mm-hmm. I like to look for people that I think have really great taste, taste, and sort of you know the kinds of problems they're working on. Um, visual taste or the the kinds of solutions they come up with that are creative, but also user-friendly. Right. And then also um, they just ship super fast. Cause I think the reality is at the stage that I'm betting and you're betting, especially in Noster. And when I got started with lightning, when I first started getting really into lightning, there were like almost no companies, almost no VCs doing this or right. you know, one or two. And um, you know, at this stage, it's so early, like you don't know what's going to stick. Right. It, you just can't. Right. And so you can have theses, you can have ideas, but so one common denominator across all the people I've been backing is that I think they have extremely novel insights about the world. Mm-hmm. I think they have great taste. Um, some in different dimensions, not everyone aesthetically, but in different ways. Yeah. And most importantly, they all ship fast, all of them. Yeah. And um, anyway, so I, I think that's a great example. Pablo is one of the fastest shippers of all time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something I'm looking for. In terms of the broader venture in Bitcoin lightning landscape, I mean, stuff is still getting done for sure. 
it's definitely slowed down from what it was maybe six months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, maybe valuations have come down a little bit, but at the the end of the day, our valuations were never crazy in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you see in like quote unquote crypto land, some of these projects raising $50 million with nothing and $50 million valuation. Like that's just, that never happened in Bitcoin Mm -hmm. in the first place. Um, so that's good. But, you know, to be honest, man, like I, I feel like in my fund one, I made a lot of lightning and Bitcoin infrastructure bats, some apps. Mm -hmm. And I think that I'm starting to see some of that fruit bearing right now. We'll talk later, but like, you know, a couple of those bets have come out and raised series A's, um, as an example, Fetty rate announced one today. Uh, I've got a couple others that were like really pushing to get them. They were pre-seed now to seed or seed now to series A. Right. And those things are moving. So that's good. Um, so I think you're going to start to see like a lot of the like really early bets I placed pre-seed bets and from fund one are starting to like mature a little bit. You're starting to see, you know, some of the earliest companies have all, you know, come out raising bees, not necessarily ones that I invested in, but you know, you had Lighting Labs, and then you mm-hmm. had um, Zivity, and now, and then David Marcus's company, which we did invest in. That's you know a huge mega round. So you're starting to see more growth rounds happening, and I think it's just going to be like over the next year, a lot of maturation, and you're going to like see the network effect start spinning for Lightning. Now, at the same time, for my next fund, honestly, I'm just I'm most excited about Noster mm-hmm. because I think Noster, as we talked about, brings Lightning and Bitcoin with it. Right. And if you look at the growth rates, um, I don't know if, if we have the, the stars pulled up here anywhere. Oh, yeah. But um, Andre from Zivity, you know, he kind of inspired me with this in one of his pieces, but he shows the GitHub stars yep. um, for Noster versus some like other, um, you know, other things. So then if you go align timeline. All right. right. <laughs> I mean, I think this is super important. And, yep. and it's just, you see Nostra is just going vertical in a way that Bitcoin took a lot longer to do. Yep. And if you do, you don't have to do this right now, but if you also look at like, you know, uh, L&D, which is the most popular implementation of the Lightning Network, it's already overpassed it in stars mm-hmm. already. Right. And so that's in three months because, you know, three and a half months ago, there was basically nobody using it. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so I, I just think that um, – for me, that's where I'm focused now and for fun too. I think, I mean, I'm looking at a lot of stuff from interested in AI and the overlap with lightning and Bitcoin, but I just think that Noster is just going to drag Bitcoin with it. Right, right. Yeah, I think somebody was talking about that. Do you know that guy? Um, I think we're talking about Devnell, right? Uh, yeah. He um, he got into Noster, I think he said three months ago, mm-hmm. and then he kind of discovered lightning and Bitcoin sort of as a side effect of yeah. getting Noster. And I was like, oh my God, now I'm going to run my own full node and my own lightning node and kind of, you know, once you sort of get a taste of freedom and what these technologies are like and how open they are, then you're like, okay, show me everything else on the menu. Right. Totally. Anyways, I know that that was going off on a lot of tangents. I yeah. want to hear what the hell has been going on with you, DK. I know you've been out and about the last couple months. You've been making some incredible videos like, yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, I, we went on a little bit of a road trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were, yeah, kind of around California and kind of uh, spending some time in the mountains, getting some less skiing in, um, which is crazy because it's like pretty pretty late. <laughs> they're, they're gonna they're gonna have skiing. They claim until the end of July, no, end of August. It's, it's wild. Yeah, it's gonna be. We've had I think sixty feet of snow up there in the mountains. So yeah. it's uh, so I've been you know reading more, learning more, and kind of starting to. I'm kind of curious to make videos about things I hear people asking questions about on Noster that I don't think we have good answers for, or at least it's not obvious to a newcomer what that's like. Because I feel like, you know, there's so much inside Noster, everybody's like kind of, you know, there's a lot of people who are really hardcore, active, Mm -hmm. get it every day, but they have so much depth 
on what the technology is and how it works and how to do all these things. And I feel like there's a, you know, I'd like it to be more accessible and easy for like a newcomer to see and play with and try things without necessarily needing, like, like I think nobody should ever have to understand what a nip is. <laughs> <laughs> like it should never show up in the UI. Is well, kind of I, I hope most people know what a nip is. But. <laughs> like my crusade, but, but I see all these like UIs where it's like, oh, you can't do that. You don't have nip 07 installed. And I'm like, oh, oh no. Good luck with that. And I, I think, I think Carnage would back me up on this. He was, he was complaining about similar things. Yeah. No, I mean, if, if we ever like end up using the word nips mm-hmm. in the Noster context, right in like two years, something went real wrong. Yeah. So I think we got to figure out how to both explain the, you know, how these tools work and why they're interesting and just simplify them. And it's such a different kind of foundation, right? Yeah. Like, so I was even, I made one actually the other day about this NIP 07 LB thing. Like, oh, yeah. like you show up on <laughs> abla.news yeah. and you know, in like very reasonably, you're like, okay, there's no, well, I think he added a login now. Um, but like you go show up on highlighter.com and there's no login, there's no create, there's no start. It's like, if you're new, how do you get started with this thing? It's like, yeah. well, you have to know. Well, that's, yeah, <laughs> you have to know that you have to be on this other service where you generate the thing and then you have to have this other service that helps, you know, too many pieces, just like, give me the thing. Right. So I'm, I'm almost like on a crusade to help simplify the communication of what these things are and how they work and make them all like integrated in a way that helps simplify a user experience. And I think actually we, we were trading notes about this. I think Pablo mentioned on Noster about wanting to have something of a micro app for onboarding or login. Yeah. And what, what was the one? Didn't we look at one a while back? Was it, I keep thinking the word Nostra was that it was part of it. the, um, the bolt dot fun right. hackathon. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, a very simple onboarding app, but I, I, for some reason couldn't get past the third frame. So I'm not, it was, it was very nicely done. I just, maybe I was doing something wrong, but, um, it was like upload your profile picture and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm like, how do we make everything simpler? Not mm-hmm. to reduce user choice. Yeah. If anybody wants can flip in whatever they want, but there should be like some happy path. So, so, so let's talk about this. I think yeah. this is, it's a fantastic point. I agree with you hundred percent, you know, get rid of the nips, get rid of the technical jargon. Um, I think there's a couple of points where it could make sense. This maybe it's a specific micro app. Maybe it's, you know, someone like Alby that's focused on, you know, login could do this. And I, yeah. I, I hope you guys get to do a jam soon to talk about that. But like I, I've noticed also, you know, the last couple of days I've been talking with, you know, some fellow investors and some of whom are my LPs that, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, okay, like we hear you talking about Noster, like sounds cool. We try and play with it. Like, where do we even begin? There's right. just like all these issues of how do you create a quote unquote account? Right. You know, who do I follow? Just, there's just so much there. So I, you know, um, I've been sending them yesterday. I kind of created a giant list of resources, uh-huh. which is like my current, like, okay, here's from like noob to hero as quickly as possible. Yeah. The Noster starter pack. The Noster. Well, funny enough, your Noster starter pack is still on that list. Just oh, like cool. follow the people DK says. <laughs> that's like, you, yeah. that's, a, that's a great first <laughs> yeah, step. Yeah. Um, I, so a couple of things. I also send uh, some of our Nostra news episodes, a lot of your videos, some essays, like if you want to get them more theoretical. But I think like just like super hands-on. And one of the easiest things right now is for me to start them with Primal. Because mm-hmm. I just say go to Primal.net, yep. forget login, just like they have an opinionated view that you yep. start with. Amazing. People want an opinionated view because otherwise you're sitting there and it's just like ghost town. Like right. what, what's going on? And then they love, and um, really well done here, Milian. They love the ability to just like go to view and go and see what Jack Dorsey sees or Edward Snowden. They're like, whoa, right. whoa, 
that's like right. a, like a like a magic moment. So anyway, so so that's way a great way to get started. Then I tell them go to Noster.band, you know, search for people you might know, look at some of their trending posts, some of their trending lists. That's an interesting way yeah. for them to get started. What would your ideal a, what would your ideal micro app look like to get onboarded? And B, when you talk to other friends in Silicon Valley or whatever that like are technically, you know, capable enough, yeah. but they're not going to put more than like five minutes into this. What do you tell them to do? Well, it it's a tough one right now because yeah. I, I end up having to sit down and have a longer conversation about why I find it interesting yeah. despite the fact that it's also a bit of a mess. I mean, it's yeah. a beautiful mess, but it's, it's a mess. honestly, it's a mess. Yeah. And so I think... Um, you know, I think like Primal is great for seeing kind of bird's eye view of the network or see mm-hmm. how does Jack Dorsey or Edward, Edward Snowden look at it. But like when you come to a new social tool, you're not typically trying to first see how other people see it. You just kind of want to like get involved somehow. Yeah. And the Primal website right now doesn't have a start, create, login, sign up button. Right. It kind of has like if you have Albie installed, it'll pop that for you. But if you don't. <laughs> Like I don't know what do you what do you do right? I heard you love pop ups, <laughs> and 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 yeah, we we talked to Milian offline, and I think you know they'll have solutions to that stuff soon. But um, but I think that's a great example of like an app that's willing to take the discovery, you know, the somewhat you know discovery centralizing potential, you know, things that might be ideological risks, but in favor of UX, which I actually don't think the ideological risks are real. I think they're sort of overstated because everything's still portable and you can leave. Yeah, you can always leave, yeah. But um, but I like the fact that they're showing what that looks like, but I think they need some sort of a way to simplify the actual account creation because most people want to show up and make an account and follow people. Yes. And and so then, you know, to make an account very easily, I'd say download Domus, which yeah. I think is like super well-built. Like I love Domus and I yeah. use it, Daily Driver. But, but it's like opinionated to say like keep everything decentralized so far, right? Mm-hmm. And so we don't have, like, if you do sign up with Domus and you create an account very easily, there's not a good way to, like, just follow a bunch of people that you might like or just start discovering reasonable sets of people to potentially connect with or reply to or make your first post or whatever, you know? So I think it's something like the the simplicity of onboarding, you know, download an iOS app like Domus. And, you know, set up an account, click through, don't even think too much about it, and it just kind of works. But then I think some sort of discovery service, even if it's switchable, even if it's not like your discovery service, but a discovery service, to help you get connected to the network in connected to the active people on it. Yeah. And then you can kind of like, once you get flowing a little bit, then you can explore. And I think like looking at the very abstract notion of like, you know, how do other people look at the network? What are the stats in the network? Those to me feel like, advanced experiences once you get it but yeah. I think most people want like think about when you sign up for you know twitter or snapchat or facebook or whenever you sign up for a social network you kind of want to get involved and then yeah. maybe you'll learn about the more advanced features later yeah and i don't think we have that unified kind of starting point to get involved i agree with that and to be clear i mean i think what the primal view and the nostra band view do really well for me is just show people look it's real i'm yeah, not just yeah, making yeah. this up like yeah, it yeah. is happening it's awesome like Kind of like, here's a taste of what this could be if you're yeah. willing to invest the time to get there, which eventually that time should be like as little as possible, but like right. it's been useful. So I, I have a lot of questions and thoughts about this. Um, do you know, I, it's been so long since I've set up Domus. Do they prompt that you follow anyone when you get started or nothing right now? Uh, so I've gone through uh, 
onboarding several times after I created my kind of daily driver account. And it, it wasn't that way for a long time. I would guess it's still not that way, but I, I don't know for sure. But, but I think it's like to do that, you need some, you need some opinion, right? You need to decide somehow. Well, okay. So I, th- I could see kind of two ways of going with this. And there, one way is to follow suggested people. And that could be super opinionated. And it could just be one person's view, just kind of like you did with your NASA startup hack. Like, just like, it's centralized. It's my view, like whatever. This is what I think gets started here, you know, 20 people. It could be people and maybe it's algorithmically chosen. Ideally, the algorithm is more open source and you can kind of see those people are trending for a reason. And this, I think you've suggested this to him as well. And, and you know, if you're listening, Arthur, this could be a really interesting idea to kind of offer, you know, different discovery services as an API. Yeah. So, you know, you could just say like, hey, like, you know, Arthur's put a lot of work in on his back end to figure out you know, what he calls trust rank, um, right. which is a very fascinating signal of like who's zapping who and mm-hmm. stuff that I'm just like super fascinated by. And, you know, it's all potentially something that you could just, you could have different kind of like starter pack APIs or whatever. Right. Like, you know, I want to follow the top, you know, you could offer this to Domus, whoever, excuse me, the top 20, you know, trending people according right. to his trust rank algorithm and it changes day by day. Yep. Yep. Cool. So that's one way you could do it. The other way you could do it, and I'm not sure what people would prefer, and maybe different people have different preferences, but is the idea, one of the ideas that Carnage put out, we'll probably talk more about his UI post, which I thought was great, which was hashtags. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you don't care as much about people, but you care about specific topics. Yep. So as an example, and I liked even when it's specific to say, you know, imagine you're in Domus and you type the letter P, you know, it pops up, okay, I'm interested in whatever things that you're interested in um porn yeah i don't know why i chose that it's like it's probably gonna for be example. Okay. for example and ideally not just bitcoin stuff right yeah right and yeah. so i think that that's a really simple idea but but maybe if there's an easy way not just to follow people but it's just like kind of i remember like in back in the day like quora and some of these sites used yeah. to prompt you like pick like five things you're interested in and that yeah. was always a way they got you started Right. I think that could be that could work too. But but those are so the way Quora would have you choose those topics is like they're choosing what topics to potentially surface. Yeah. And I think I think that's like kind of that ideological line that people are cautious of. Mm. You know, and I think with good reason, you know, like like probably Domus doesn't want to say here's the five accounts you should follow or here's the five topics you should consider following because then they're sort of imbuing too much taste, mm. too much of their own preference and like you just sort of can imagine how that thing Becomes an ML feedback loop that then yeah, just spirals out of control. That's fair, but but I don't think it's I don't think it's actually a risk in practice if if there's if they're switchable. Mm-hmm. So maybe the maybe V one you just choose. Hey, here's a dozen people that are actually really active and are showing up every day, creating things and are good. So like follow them, you'll get a sense of what this network plat- platform protocol <laughs> protocol is all about. Um, but uh, but eventually, you know, just like we can configure, do you want to post your media to Nostra.build or do you want to post it somewhere else? We could say, like, do you want to use the default Domus discovery services or do you want to use, um, you know, Arter's, you know, Nostra.band or yeah. do you want to use millions primal.net or like some other roll your own discovery service? Whatever right? you want. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's almost like the, I, I was kind of calling it jokingly, the app store for discovery services. Yeah. Right. Which I think is like kind of the right answer for this like don't let one of them spin out of control user choice is kind of what keeps everybody in service of the user's needs instead of in service of the kind of like corporate overlord ml algorithm that spirals out of control i agree with you in all of that 
And I think that it's always important that you have the right to like sub your own pieces and algorithms in there. Yeah. However, on the other side, I truly believe, and I, you want to be careful with these things because decisions you make out of quote unquote convenience early on can yeah. lead to very unintended consequences. But like, I just think, you know, all that's well and good, but like, imagine you're just some completely random person and you get on there and it's like, I, I don't know what to follow. I'm yeah. not, and like, and to be fair, like we don't even know like what topics have some critical mass yeah. intensity right now. Yeah. So I, I almost feel like there has to be some just like, you know, different clients or different relationships just take a point of view and they're like, we get it it's centralized. Yeah. But at least for now, you can always sub it out later. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But at least for now, here are 10 themes that we've gone and, you know, figured out there's enough critical yeah. mass. There's yeah. at least a hundred or a thousand high quality accounts writing something about that. Right. So that you go there and you're like, okay, this is something I'm at least somewhat interested in. I see it's like, it's alive. Right. You know? Yep. Yep. Totally. I think, I think that's the way. And I think we'll get there. I mean, you know, not, super deep respect to everybody who's building on this because it's early it's super hard it's, it's not like these are all <laughs> easily solvable problems and all you need to do is you know raise the pr and of course of course <laughs> um but but i i think that I, like in my opinion that's kind of what's missing from helping more people come on and have a good experience and there's you can squint and see it like yeah damas has really good you know simple account creation primal has really good discovery services archer's got really good suggestions but it's not all kind of in one place either in yeah in one place or even like orchestrated in a way that you can just download a thing tap 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 and get going yeah and then once you're like oh actually i want to switch it up and you know more the configuration after the fact right now we're keeping it very clean or everybody building something is keeping it sort of fairly clean from an ideology perspective but a little bit you have to really kind of get what's going on to, to get engaged. Well, and I think something else that's really helpful here is just the more empathy you can have for a noob, the better. Yeah. And it's like one challenge is for all of us. And I, I think of myself, this included, I, I kind of got re-empathized yesterday yeah, yeah. and, you know, because so, so again, so I was talking to a couple of different LPs who are um, really good investors, right? And I've been telling them about this Nostra stuff and they're like, you know, we see it a little bit, we buy it, <laughs> but like they want to get it. Yeah. But like these people are smart too and like they don't have all the time in the world, but like it just really gave me this kind of like empathy shot to like someone that agrees with what I'm saying in theory, is fascinated by the stats, yeah. really wants it to work and it's still a challenge to onboard, right? right? And so I think for the developers out there, just remembering that, you know, it's wonderful to build for a quad audience right now and like, we're the lifeblood, the the early adopters that keep it going. But as we go from, you know, whatever it is, 500 K to 5 million users, right. just some finding some way of just like having a friend on board in front of yeah, you yeah. that's never used Nostra before. I right. no idea what this is. Like it's important to have that empathy, I think. Yeah. And I had, I think even lost it in the last two months. Cause I'm so deep in this with you yeah, talking yeah, about it. Yeah, we were yeah, talking yeah. about the nips and, this, <laughs> and then it was just like, you know, just like a, a reality check to be like, Oh wait, this really smart, motivated person's yeah. like what now right did you speaking of this have you um if you bumped into cassie or you know <laughs> cassie's I, arrival on nostr i heard a little bit about her i saw it on one of the nostr reports which yeah. shout out to those guys they do a great job yeah yeah they do they do do a great job um i think she came on about a week ago and i think maybe pablo i don't know if he found her in you know the the universal feed or whatever pablo surface cassie i i thought what I is thought that guy so? not doing know. nostr <laughs> That's that's where I think I first bumped into her, which was like maybe her first day or two. And he's just kind of like, you know, hey, welcome and hope things are good. And, you know, I think people started zapping her. And so she was like, what's this? And so it was kind of cool to see somebody who was, you know, not necessarily coming. I, I'm actually curious why 
you know, why she showed up in the first place, like what, what sort of drew her to it. And she'd ask what, her. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I, I, um, I invited her to chat about it, but I think she's a little overwhelmed with, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. um, you know, appearances and stuff. Um, <laughs> she's a celebrity now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious, like what drew her to Noster? And then, she, you know, people started sending her Bitcoin. And she's like, what, this is crazy. How, you know, so I, I love seeing it through fresh eyes like that mm-hmm. and hearing how, you know, how she gets connected to people and what she was hoping to find and what she felt like she actually found. I kind of want to help get some of those stories out there because I think, you know, hearing somebody who's not so, I may, presumably maybe not super, you know, ideologically aligned, but just kind of like curious about this cool new technology and wants to yeah. hear all kinds of parts of the story and it's you know they don't feel like they were they weren't censored on twitter but they just want to like yeah. play with some new tools you know well i i am convinced that there's at least two magic moments and maybe there's more but these are the two that really got me early on and mm-hmm. whenever i can show this to someone a user they get it right one of those magic moments is related to bitcoins getting zapped or sending a zap yep. when i'm like you just sent real bitcoin received real time yep and it was basically free yep that's mind blowing. Yep, like yep. everyone I show that to is just like, wait, I thought lightning was dead or Bitcoin's dead or like whatever. It's like, no, right. it's, it works better than all the other crap out there, yeah, yeah. including fiat and crypto rails. Yep. It's the only one that works. Right. So that's like, that, and that's why I'm so convinced by the way that Nostra is going to bring Bitcoin lightning mainstream. Cause it's like, when you see that experience, everyone's eyes light up and they're like, Oh shit, I need to go learn about lightning. Yeah. The second magic experience is being able to port your identity from one app to the yep. other. Now, yep. In the early days, when I first used to show people, it would be like, I created my key on Domus. Now I put it in Albi and can log on to Snort. Whoa. Even bigger sort of mindfuck is I created an account with Albi or Domus to look at Twitter. Now I'm going to go log into Zapster, which is a music site. Right. Or Avla.news. Right. Which is a long form site. Or you know, some of these new NOS FT wallet yep. marketplaces, yep. which is a marketplace. And then that's when people start going, oh my God, this is so much bigger. Like we're re- this is much bigger than Twitter and social media. We're rebuilding the net. Right, right. So one question I have, and this is, um, and maybe you have more thoughts on this. And again, I would love to hopefully see you do the jam with Alby. Maybe they're in a great position to do that because they are that sort of, you know, most used login for yep. different web apps. How can you help people not only discover the Twitter use case, whatever that's cool, but like have that magic moment of, oh my God, I just had my identity and social graph ported from Twitter to Medium to Spotify. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. And I I tried, I don't know if you saw the uh, Taibi video that I made. Yeah, it was great. But I tried to show that, I -hmm. guess maybe it should stand on its own, but I tried to show that kind of idea that you could take that identity and you can play with i think i showed four or five different clients um i do think i agree those are i think the two magic moments is you know getting zapped and seeing (laughs) this is real real internet you know kind of magic internet money flying around (laughs) but real value being transferred basically for free in very tiny amounts and then and then kind of the being able to log in anywhere i i do i do worry though that some people like i would say like somebody who's not really into it Mm -hmm. yet uh still sees it as like some sort of a Twitter clone. And yeah. so I think there's, you know, Pablo keeps referencing, I think maybe Jack said something about it's not, you know, instead of running from, we should be running to. Yeah. And I think we don't yet know exactly what we're running to. So we're doing that's a lot the of fun of it. From. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's fun. But then I think once we have an experience like that, and I, I, I think like what Pablo is doing with Highlighter yeah. could be one of those running to experiences. Agreed. Um, but I think, you know, there's obviously infinite 
developer creativity and open source contributions that can can help discover that. But you, you want to set up a little bit because you had, you had some ideas on on kind of the highlighter stuff, or I, you had some. I do. In fact, I would love to give a little bit of feedback and have a discussion around both your conversation with Pablo yeah. and Danny because yeah, yeah. I thought both of those guys are working on running two experiences. Mm-hmm. So let's talk. Let's start with Pablo. I, first of all, I mean, again, that dude has more experiments in the last <laughs> week than I've had in like the last 33 years. So <laughs> props to him. On the highlighter.com, I think there's a lot of different ways this can go. And the, for those of you who haven't played with it yet, you know, one of the c- fundamental concepts is he proposed a NIP that makes highlighting a piece of text its own nostrum. And that's a very interesting primitive because now you can have a piece of text, multiple different people highlighting that text. You can yep. see if multiple people highlighted the same piece of text. Because it's an event, you can also zap the highlight itself, which then has interesting implications for the future of both creation and curation and distribution, mm-hmm. i.e. I write a document, you help it get discovered because you have an audience by highlighting it. Anyone that zaps the thing that I wrote or the piece that you highlighted you can split the payments. There's just all these really interesting primitives and stuff yep. around it. Cool. I have to say, so I was playing with it last night and uh, there's so much cool stuff there, but it took me a while to figure out exactly how to get started. Eventually I was able to upload, you know, what I thought was kind of a really cool article from um, just like a random blog on energy. One of my favorite posts on energy that really explains how the cost of energy is coming down over time. And it was great and I got it, but it was like, how do I now get this to other people? And like, how, like, what's the shared experience? What are other people highlighting? I don't know. And so, and again, this is not to criticize at all. Like, like this is such an early concept. We're all playing around together. Yeah. But the thing that really resonated for me from y'all's conversation was this idea of how badass would it be if I come online, highlighter.com and you know, we're starting small, this can expand out but every day or every week, even there's one document mm-hmm. and it's a document that we know at least the core community of Nostriges is going to be interested. So it's either a Nostr seminal text probably, or maybe a Bitcoin lightning seminal text. Maybe, you know, there's a new one every day or every week as we start to get more critical mass. And what I would love to see there is, okay, here's the GG paper. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yep. Great paper. What did DK think was interesting? What were his annotations? Right. What did Pablo think was interesting? Right. What were his annotations? Like literally there's like 10 people I can think of that I think are extremely smart and whose opinion I'm like always interested in. Mm-hmm. You're one, GG's one, Pablo's one. You know, uh, Arthur Million. There's a lot of these people, the yeah. Albi guys. Like, yep. so let's say there's ten to twenty people I can think of off the top of my head. I want to know exactly what their comments and highlights are for this document. I want to know also for any other document. They right. Do. And so the thing that I can't get out of my head, I actually I shared this with the public one time. I want to talk more about them as well. Is I liked a lot back in the day, Rap Genius. Yeah, yeah. We talked about this. Yeah, yeah. And Andreessen for all their whatever now with crypto, like back in the day, you know, Mark Andreessen, you know, he, you know, created Mosaic. He had this whole thesis around creating an annotation layer for the web. That's why they invested in Rap Genius. And then you had some great insights. Maybe you'll share about why they didn't go out there. But what I loved about that site was like, okay, here's a rap song I love. I'm curious, like, what are people explaining about? Like, what is this metaphor I didn't understand? And it was like a badass site. Yep. And I think now we have the right substrate to build that for way more than just music. So that's my personal request yeah. is I would just find it so badass to go to highlighter.com and see a seminal text that I already respect. Let's start with the Gigi one. Fantastic. Yep. Or any yep. of Gigi's articles. That guy is great. Yep. And I want to see what you and Pablo and Artur and Million and a few other people have highlighted. That's it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I would love that product. Um, 
you know, that we sort of worked on flavors of that <laughs> for years. Yeah, that, that's before. your thing. <laughs> that's that's what we. That's what I would like is, and I think we never quite did what you're saying, and I, I wish we did, and I think maybe, hopefully, Pablo is excited about it to do. But I think find you know a set of people that all care about each other's opinions because mm-hmm. that's where we're gathering to talk about it. I think, you know, Rap Genius was like a glimmer of hope toward this, <laughs> but ultimately. You go to Rap Genius because you did a Google search and you end up on a lyric site through SEO. You're yeah. not like going to Rap Genius because you know that Mac, like I don't go there because I know Max is there and I know Max <laughs> has a lot of history in his mind about, you know, rap lyrics. Um, so it's less about the people that you're coming to interact with there and it's more about the utility of like, what did Biggie mean when he said, yeah, you know? And. <laughs> Something illegal. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Redacted. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I think the whole mechanism of that was never able to grow outside of the kind of lyric site mm-hmm. SEO thing. And it was very utilitarian about what, you know, what were more depth of knowledge. I think what we have here is a little bit more like an academic paper network mm-hmm. or like, you know. D- d- maybe not academic papers. That's like so dense. Like I like just these like good idea yeah. like blog post or something but I, I guess i just meant that they're like when you publish an academic paper mm-hmm. you there's a community of other academics yeah. who care about the same thing that you care about and you're like oh the professor at mit said this but mm. the professor at this place they're like the people really matter you're like yeah. oh well he's legit because he's legit he did the transformer paper and now he's writing this about that and like the person really matters and like mm. that's what these identities i mean these are social identities it's not just what did anybody have to say about Gigi's paper I care, like, what did Max have to say about paragraph three of Gigi's paper? Totally. Because right? I know your thought process. And this is, by the way, I mean, this is actually getting even more exciting because, I mean, A, this potentially is a much better, like, peer review process. Yeah. yeah. Just, like, knowledge formation in general yeah. or, like, the scientific process. That's extremely exciting. Totally. But also, this kind of dovetails nicely with some of the things that Artur has been uh, exploring around trust drink, mm-hmm. right? Which is, and this is kind of another entry point to explore similar ideas, right. which is you build up credibility over time based on the feedback, annotations, highlights that you give and the responses that people gave to your responses, yep. whether that's zaps or whatever. Then that starts to form an interesting basis, like you've said many times in the early days of PageRank, anything that rings back to Stanford, probably legit. And, you know, t- to a degree. And well, I think- anything that Stanford linked out Sorry. Yeah, From yeah. Stanford out, out was higher page rank. Higher page rank. Yeah. And, you know, we've kind of had this concept, and I think to some degree, Archer has just kind of had to pick, you know, a good but somewhat arbitrary set of people. Maybe this is an interesting way to, like, also bootstrap who are those 50 or 100 people right. that are, quote, unquote, legit. Right. And and I think the fact that it's all, it's Nostra's open source actually matters. Yeah. Because, do you know how messed up the, the peer review system is in academics i've heard it's awful but i don't know the details so like if you write a paper mm-hmm. you become like part of this club mm-hmm. who's on the inside and you're in the circuit of people who are going to be asked for your review before something gets published mm. well if they're gonna if if i'm gonna publish something and i want you to be peer review or like the journal who's gonna you know suck all the value out of this thing <laughs> Is going <laughs> all the taxpayer dollars are going to get siphoned off yeah. um, by the journal selling subscriptions? But regardless of the business model being screwed up, um, I publish a paper. I want your peer review mm-hmm. to say like this is a good paper. Well, I know that you're gonna. You know that I'm going to be publishing it. I know that you're going to be publishing it. 
So like, are we ever going to say something negative? Right. So, so many of these things that are like peer reviewed, which is like, you know, the gold standard, if you'll pardon Bitcoin standard, gold standard (laughs) of, um, of kind of scientific knowledge distribution today. Right. Is actually the incentives are totally messed up. Hmm. You actually can't get much genuine negative feedback on a peer review process. And how do you see, yeah, the negative feedback coming here? Because it's open, anyone can contribute? Anybody can contribute. And it could be a NIM as well. Yeah, yeah. And you can just be like, hey, what if, have you considered this paper with this other idea that actually is in conflict with this? Fascinating. And can, I love and this. this you know, a lot of these, a lot of these experiments, you can't even reproduce. And that's why, that's what I was going to say. Like almost all experiments <laughs> are just like literally complete and utter bullshit, like all of it. Right. Yeah. So how fascinating would it be if you could also just, I mean like, yeah, this could be a way bigger breakthrough for humanity than I realized. Yeah. Imagine you publish the results for your, your study, your experiment, whatever. And then people just come and like straight up are like, I try to reproduce. I can't. Here's like documented step by step. And nobody will it. say that today. Yeah. And it, but, but, but if we're open, if it's open and you do it as a, as a pseudonym yep. and you can document and prove step by step, you did everything they did and it's not checking out. And then, oh, by the way, then you can start to have aggregation layers where it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe that one person did something wrong, their opinions, whatever, yep. not valid. But then over time you start to build a reputation and then you can have aggregators that say like, whatever, a hundred people tried to reproduce it. 80 were able to the 80 that did, you know, legit, like, okay, there's like the trust rank evolves, right? Man, I love it. There's so Artur or Pablo, if y'all are both <laughs> listening to this, this is a great chance to collaborate. This is so cool. Yeah. There, there's so much to do here. And I think, I think the thing is, one of the things that's come up a lot in discussions recently that I've been having is I think it's a tricky, it's a tough like needle to thread around being kind of big and ambitious and abstract. Yeah. And then also being so specific that it seems so inconsequential. Like let's all, let's 12 of us gather together One doc. and highlight, you know, Gigi's doc about highlighting. I love it. That That's I'm in. actually <laughs> a great product, but it sounds too small that almost like everybody's like, eh, let's just do the general thing. So you can do anything and, you know, it's sort of like the natural instinct I think of, you know, software development is to do these very big, broad abstracts. And that's sort of in conflict with with how actual social systems get built. Social yeah. systems get built in like very niche, specific ways. But then by the time most people have seen a social system, mm-hmm. it's already at scale, right. definitionally, because otherwise <laughs> you didn't see it. So most people's, most people's impression of Twitter is that they have a bunch of news sources on it, but it wasn't the case the first 100 users, right? 100% right. And I think it's interesting, like maybe sort of analogy scales a little bit in layers, kind of like Bitcoin does. Yeah. You, you know, when our grandkids one day see it, they're like, oh, of course, of course, there's just Bitcoin as we talked about, you know, the base fed wire and like yeah, yeah. layer two and there's you know, the new visas and MasterCards on top of that. If I were going to start a payment system, I would, uh, you know, do an ICO and build a whole thing from scratch. <laughs> it's like, well, no, you didn't see the decades. And, right. and similarly here, I, I think that, you know, if there's one big lesson I glean from all of the like Paul Graham, you know, Y Combinator essays way back in the day, it's just mm-hmm. like start with shit that doesn't scale. Yeah. Like yeah. Y- you have to get some critical mass. Like, you know, it can be a really small number of users, but like the only sign, that's one of the things, by the way, anyone listening that I'm always looking for as an investor is even if it's a small number of users, are those users like rabid about it? Yeah. Do they love it? Even yeah. if it's 10, do those 10 people come back every day? Do they talk about what you're building? Like Pablo and G yeah. talk about their addiction to Nostra software. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. If you, if you have something with that kind of like, just like almost like unhealthy level, of like <laughs> I gotta come back, I gotta come back. Like give me one more Nostra. Right. You got something. Yep. 
And I think the document idea, like like highlighting on a document, is itself a really nice people discovery service. Uh, yeah, I love when you said that. That's cool. So, so instead of thinking about like, oh, you have to decide the taste of which algorithm you should use. Instead, it's like, if you care about the GG doc, here's like the 15 people who had the most highlights, who got the most zaps on their highlights from that doc. I love it. And now I'm like, oh, just follow all. Yes. Like these are the people that I want to be involved with because like they're definitionally active. In an area that I care about. In an area that I care about. It's like. I think it's genius. Uh, Genius. And like I, okay, so I'll give you a very specific example. And I think I shared this, I forgot if it was you or Arthur or someone recently, but um, one of the guys and someone that I would like to spend a lot more time, we should do our own show at one point just dedicated to this. I'm still going down the whole rabbit hole of him. I'm reading his like autobiography right now, but do you know who Ted Nelson is? No. Okay. Ted Nelson is the sort of, he's credited as the creator of the concept or the word hypertext. And oh, he had a okay. whole lot of other thoughts about this. He was friends with like all the internet, early internet guys. He's different in that he wasn't himself a developer, but was much more of just like a sort of creative, like artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he like called himself once in a video, like Steve Jobs without leverage or something like that. <laughs> and he is, he's extremely sharp. And um, he had this whole thing called Project Xanadu and I think one of the things I tagged Pablo in a post is that we kind of have the ability to rebuild Project Xanadu. And part of the idea was that text, it shouldn't just be like, I click on a link and go to this one new site. It should be like, okay, I have a thing here. I see the context of that text next to it. And I can see how the piece of like a quote, for example, like a quote in, it's kind of almost like you think like a quote tweet. Like I saw an essay with a quote tweet embedded and I can see off to the side, the original piece that that quote tweet came from. So you can see the full context and you can yep. like trace basically like he had these different ideas around being able to like, like almost like move more fluidly through a concept of ideas and be able mm-hmm. to see all of the web of interconnections and not just like one click. That was Xanadu. Yeah. And there's a lot okay. more to it. And I, I'm certainly not an expert, right? But he also has some fantastic videos. Someone, um, had this kind of like strange run in and, um, El Salvador, someone who's clearly very sharp and deep in this world, told me he thinks Ted Nelson has figured out who Satoshi is, and it's someone that no one ever talks about. Huh. It's like a Japanese math professor, and like watch his video, and it's like actually quite this compelling. Is, this is a, a video that Ted Nelson. Oh made. yeah, Ted Nelson published. I, he probably lives here in the Bay Area. Like, like uh-huh. probably get him on the show or something. But he was like part of the part of like Whole Earth Kevin Kelly group, or um, which by the way, I have more to say on that too. Right. Um, I don't know if he was. Uh, he was certainly like a contemporary of theirs. Um, he was doing a master's in sociology at Harvard when Timothy Leary and um, Ram Dass pre going through the looking glass were teaching there. Mm -hmm. So kind of contemporary. And then I think he was out here and friends with Douglas Engelbart and Mm, some of those guys. Okay. So like SRI. I think so. That group. I think he, and I think he maybe lived in the South Bay or whatever. But anyways, so he's, he's definitely of that ilk. He was like, you know, big, saw the, the wave of personal computing. But again, because he's not a developer, he never like, built any of this stuff he just kind of wrote about it and um but but very sharp guy and so he's still putting out these videos and one of his videos he claims to like figure i figured out who who satoshi was that's (laughs) that's a whole different rabbit hole but it's fascinating and he has very compelling arguments i can't you you buy it i I wouldn't say i buy it but i don't not buy it okay okay i think it's fascinating like um and i gotta check it out yeah he has these very kind of like interesting ways of um it's been a while since seen it. Like the, the TLDR, I suggest everyone do this or their own research, but the TLDR is basically he's looking for someone that clearly is a genius in like multiple fields, takes those multiple fields together, 
drops like a groundbreaking piece of work and then just like disappears to go work on the next one. Right. And so he found this math professor that like created some new branch of mathematics, also Japanese. It was done a few years after Satoshi left. And basically it's like the, the mind that worked on this is going to only want to go after those like mm. civilizational challenges and then get the fuck out. Right. Right. Anyways, watch <laughs> the video. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong, right, but right. like it's interesting and he clearly has some creative sparks. My broader point in all this, and I think we should do a whole episode maybe with Pablo and Ted yeah. Nelson one day on like how can we rebuild Xanadu on um, on Nostra, wow. is uh, for me, anyone that knows who the fuck Ted Nelson is, that's a strong signal. And if you have- So the fact that I didn't jump- Yeah, sorry, a strong DK. Anti, strong anti it's a strong anti-signal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've heard the name, but I didn't- No, no yeah. and to be clear, you, you have so many strong signals and everything else. But, <laughs> but, but this is one example. And so- um, Jack Dorsey, he tweeted out Xanadu about Noster. Mm. And so he called it some Ted Nelson magic. So he clearly, you know, is a Nelson aficionado to mm -hmm. some degree. And so then when he posted that and I was like, oh, whoa, like Jack knows this is, that's awesome. And then I started seeing a string of comments, right? And anyone that commented and had like something somewhat intelligent to say about, oh yeah, this is like Xanadu for these reasons. I followed all of them. Oh, cool. Because yeah. I knew if you know what Xanadu is, like, I see. chances are we have intellectual overlap. I see, yeah. And so anyways, I, I, that's all like one giant, and I feel like we have on that, by the way, with Kevin Kelly, yeah. um, who I had the great pleasure of seeing this week, which we should talk about you that too. You already saw or? It was like a, a book event on Monday night. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. cool. Like that dude is, he is a hero. Oh, yeah. But in, And that, by the way, anyone that's reading Kevin Kelly books, someone yep. that I would clearly follow as well. Yep. Anyone so, highlighting the technium or kk.org. Exactly. Right? Exactly. But, but this is my point yeah. It's like, there's like a small set of thinkers I truly respect. And I would love to meet anyone and everyone that's truly trying to engage with them intellectually. Yeah. That would be like a dream. Yep. Yep. So I, I think your people discovery service is like, I would, I would be a power user. Yeah. Well, I think the one I'm proposing is basically <laughs> just a better highlighter. So hopefully, hopefully Pablo. Pablo, if you listen to, to this, like <laughs> you've got a couple of like rabid fans that would we're love ready to. Use the to I mean, let's let's pick the docs each day. And Absolutely. Just for you know, by force of will, make it happen. Yes, right? and we can start with the Noster and like you know, Bitcoin stuff, whatever. But yeah, it'd be awesome to get like get a couple of Ted Nelson docs, yeah. get a couple of Kevin Kelly docs, yeah, yeah. like truly like what we actually want to see, right? Yeah, yeah. See who else out there. And by the way, you know what else would be awesome with this? Not just highlighter, although you could do this with text as well. Music. Oh, yeah. I would love to be able to say with Zapster, another Pablo creation, you know, uh, a group like Boards of Canada. Anyone that's listening to Boards of Canada, chances are we're probably going to get along. Right, right, right. Would yeah. love to see that. Yeah. I was actually talking to uh, Oscar, mm -hmm. who you introduced me to, uh, about some of the stuff with Fountain because oh, yeah. I, I was actually listening to the Nostrovia podcast mm -hmm. with G and Pablo, mm -hmm. and I was on a run. And they were just like cracking me up. It was right after they were talking about all, you know, itching from not being able to code that morning. <laughs> and uh, and they were cracking me up. And then I think, I, I forget exactly the quote. It was like, I think Pablo said, uh, you know, oh, if you don't do open source, just like, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's like, uh, it's network effects of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and He's right. <laughs> yeah. I, or maybe that was G's quote. They each said something funny like that. And I, I like stopped my run. And I like tried to get the text and get the link to the podcasting, you know, write it out and tag each of them properly and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, it's just, it's funny and I want to share it, but 
oh, it was so painful yeah. to, con- it, I think I literally sat there for five minutes to construct the note, which yeah. I should have just been able to like dash it off. Totally. So my kind of proposal to Oscar is yeah. why can't we just like share like, clips? Yeah. Why can't not only share clips, but have them transcribed and push them to Nostra notes. I love it. Because what I want, like the reason, the reason, I mean, I just, I just happen to have like habits with overdrive as my daily driver podcast thing. And the idea of like listening to earn free sets is not my use case, but Mm -hmm. listening with better creative tools to push to Noster would definitely sell me on a new podcast player. I love it. And you know, they're already doing clipping. Yeah. So it's like they have good clips and yeah, they're taking steps in that direction. I think one of their pieces of inspiration was, uh, I don't know if actually I'm speaking here completely out of band. I don't know if it's true or not, but like the breaker app used to have like, you could like listen to like, you know, Oh, like who is Bill Gurley listening to or whatever. Uh, anyways, so, but I love that idea, but I think it's not just the clip. It's the transcription. Yeah, Yeah. I would love to be able just to say, Show me every transcribed note so we can look at for next yeah. week for Noster News that Oscar, who has great taste as well, yeah, yeah. Um, that he listened to. Yeah. And did you see he did a transcript? They have a transcript video clipping or audio clipping transcript product mm-hmm. that um, I haven't actually created with it. But when I proposed this idea. Fountain does? Yeah, yeah. How did I miss this? So I proposed this idea to Oscar and he was like, oh, here's one I made of you and Max talking about Kevin Kelly. And he literally, this wasn't in the Kevin Kelly context. And he just shared, remember when we looked yeah. at the technique we read yeah, like the great, great primitives of, uh, of you know, the internet? Which, by the way, that article you shared was so good. My girlfriend, you know, she has her own startup. She uh, immediately went and used that and like, you know, it was like, oh my God, this is incredibly helpful for me to think about how we should be doing sort of oh, branding yeah. stuff. I mean, like, that was very viable for her too. That's great. So, so I wish I knew that Fountain had this this service, but they basically create an audio kind of media unit that has a transcript that plays in kind of a video media unit of the audio. It's like the background of the podcast That's with awesome. the transcript playing while it you know that media is playing. I don't know how I missed that. But that's great. Yeah. So he shared that with me, and I actually renoted it. Do, would you call them boosts anymore? Or are they called renotes or no quote <laughs> notes? Re- yeah, um, but I, I renoted that just yesterday. I think it was. So check on my my recent. Uh, I will notes, and that's also an Oscar. If you're happening to be listening to this, I would. I mean, I, I love what you've already done, but I would love to just publish it as text on a note. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's genius insight. Yeah, that's that's what I want. And and I I proposed a bunch of stuff to him, and he was like, "Coming soon for kind of most of it." So I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to pre-announce. Cool. I, I don't think they're. I think they have their own roadmap and have sure. their own ideas of exactly how these these broad concepts should be implemented. But he wasn't. He wasn't listening to these things I was saying and saying, "Ah, uh, you're full of shit." Well, no, good. And, and by the way, Oscar, <laughs> like credit to that guy. He has always seen ahead of the curve. Yeah. You know, I know they have a lot of different. You know, they're balancing. You know, limited resources, but he was early to embrace Noster. I know they they want to go big on Noster, and you know, he was one of the people that really helped me see the value of value rank. Mm. Like this idea that like yep. an open social graph, an open payments graph together can be really viable in servicing information. So yep. he's 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 got a really good sixth sense. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And so I think you were talking, you had some commentary mm-hmm. around the highlighter discussion, which yeah. you mentioned. And then I think you said you also had some feedback or commentary oh, on the on Danny, the Danny conversation. Yeah. yeah. So 
there's a couple things I want to say about this. Uh, I love that episode. There's even some like context on his background. I know the full story. So that, that was cool to hear. It's like, you know, you're like, you're kind of like friends. You never like ask all the questions. Right. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Um, but a couple things that came out of that. So one thing is I love that Danny is experimenting. He's one of the only people in the world, to the best of my knowledge, that is experimenting the intersection of lightning, Noster and AI. And I think something in there is going to be extremely interesting. Um, I think y'all had a couple of concepts I loved. One concept was the ability to crowdfund an AI generated piece of art, Yep. which I think is just really simple, really cool. And again, it's that example of, it almost seems a little kind of like a dumb toy and it's not a big enough vision, but it's like, but it's something some people will love. Right. And, and you can do it in a day and yes. you can like people can start playing with it and getting results within like minutes. And those people, not everyone's going to love it, but those that do are going to really love it. Yeah. And then you can start to build out from there. Maybe start like, you know, maybe this is an area you mentioned that could, you know, potentially work with Geyser or something else as well. Think yeah. about more crowdfunding, bigger projects or kind of what G's working on with Nostra yep. or um, Nos Rocket. Nos like Rocket, that. yeah. But I love it again. And I think this is a really important insight. If anyone's out there as a builder, entrepreneur, like I really think you can't take this to heart enough. Start with something small, doesn't scale. Just mm -hmm. like get a really right. small but like rabid user base. 10 people, totally yeah. fine. Yeah. But like they need to love it. And so anyway, so I would love to see, and I hope Danny will, you know, ship something like that. Yeah. I think there's just so much potential for it. But it triggered also in something in me that I wanted to mention because I think it's a really important concept and I want to get your feedback on. It started hitting me now. Like it, it's interesting. Like I, I, like as someone who just loves seeing like ideas evolve and the history of ideas, yeah. it's like, okay, it's not in the, it's not in the air and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I hear it every day. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because the idea, like the, the necessary, Kevin Kelly talks a lot about this. It's like, it's like you need the building blocks for the new idea to be ready. And once it is, it's like calculus gets discovered by multiple people yep. at once simultaneously, blah, blah, blah. And so the idea that's been for me in the, the new sphere recently is that in addition to just Noster, the thing that can make lightning really pop off this year is AI, but specifically there's different versions of this. The one that I like the most right now is protecting against AI chargebacks. Okay. Now there's a couple ways. My, my first kind of iteration of this thinking was, okay, it'd be nice if you could just do like a Satoshi payment, a lightning payment uh, for some kind of infrastructure. So we talked about with Nostra for relays. We mm -hmm. talked about, you know, potentially paper API call for, you know, and some people were doing that with like, Oh, I've got like open AI credits. I'm going to sell for a small premium, some ARB. Um, right. Satoshi payments, Danny has like a product like that as well. And I think, I think there's still something there. I can't quite put my hand around why that's so important, but what someone really brought to my attention yesterday, it just was like, Oh man, it was so clear is that, you know, most people don't know how the payment system works and I'm not saying I'm an expert in this, but like chargebacks are a huge problem. Right. And they have the potential to be a much bigger problem. So if I'm a merchant and you know, you buy my shirt online and then you basically are like, I never received the shirt, but you did receive the shirt. You know, you, the, the merchant generally ends up eating that cost. Mm -hmm. And they say, okay, there's going to be in their models, some percentage of just, sure, yeah. we just eat that cost. And it's fine because most people are not malicious. And if you do it enough times, your account will probably get banned or whatever. Right. But like, that's just like part of the way business gets done. But soon we're going to have AIs, like very soon, I think within the next 12 months, certainly in the next 24, maybe sooner, the rate this is all going, that whether it's via voice, can simulate a human voice, or form entry can basically spoof 
or like act like a human to spoof things like, you know, there's systems like SIF data science, others that are trying to do fraud detection. Yeah. But the AIs will get good enough very quickly to just outsmart all those systems. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the case, then you've got this threat in the world. And I don't know which one's going to be the, the biggest to break first where, um, you know, the AIs can potentially order a whole bunch of stuff and then just not pay. And why are the AIs, I mean, what would encourage an AI to order stuff that it doesn't want? Well, someone on their behalf, right? Someone's using an army of AIs, either just to like wreck havoc, wreak havoc as they can, or, you know, maybe they use this as part of a broader plan to get free stuff. And okay. like, you know what I'm saying? But but it's like right so now- getting the stuff shipped. And the, the idea, and I'm not sure exactly what the, what the, let's use a really simple example of pizza, right? But okay. like you're not doing it on Uber, on Uber Eats. You order the pizza, you like use, you know- um, and in the past, there was like some limit on this because like kind of like the, you know, the spammers that are, you know, coming out of Russia or wherever, like it's kind of a cat and mouse game to do this right now, but there's only so much one person can do, but you could potentially order like a thousand pizzas or something to your house from a thousand different places, get the pizzas, just not pay, see what they do. And, um, and yeah, like, I, I guess the difference thing is now you can use an army of AI bots to do this over and over and over again. Like robocallers? Robocallers, that's the voice example. I think just doing it online, having them act like humans, because some oh, of these okay. like, like, like data scientists, if they try and say, well, this is probably a bot that right. ordered it, so don't take that. Uh-huh. Right? Um, anyways, I, I'm still trying to formulate what the first big use case is going to be, but the broader point is AIs are going to be able to outsmart a lot of fraud detection systems. Mm-hmm. And so chargebacks could very quickly become a much bigger problem because like the way our chargeback system works is not really built for an AI world. Right, And so I could see, I don't know what the first use case is going to be quickly, but as people start realizing, wait a second, our fraud detection systems are pretty gameable and gameable at a scale they weren't with humans, then maybe that's where people start saying, no, actually, I only want to take, you know, this person said crypto, but like is Bitcoin lightning, like right. bare asset payments. Like right, you, have to, right. you have to basically like pay in real time to get the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it, it, there's a there's certainly a lot of changes with AI that could change the sort of cat and mouse game with fraud detection so i'm sort of with you on that i'm i'm not sure if like i guess my my optimism on some of the stuff in ai and lightning I actually wrote a tweet this morning about this uh because a lot more of my kind of ai crew is on twitter than noster yeah um for now <laughs> for now but i wrote a thing about that because i think you know this concept of machine-to-machine payments Mm -hmm. or kind of small payments to people who are doing bits of human eval-type work. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this this concept, you know, called reinforcement learning with human feedback, which is uh, typically today used to train an AI model. And the human feedback portion is basically a set of people you hire who are on your staff or payroll or you have their, you know, bank details and you pay them money for the work they do. And then you have the model, and you take that model and you do something else with it that doesn't involve the human feedback. And the stuff that I feel like is kind of interesting at the edge of this is that you can take that human feedback and more easily bake it directly into a product. Hmm. And you can have it as part of the UX of a product where people may get paid, paid. Almost, like, almost like the way a captcha works, but maybe you get paid for like, hey, you're enjoying the product, we can make it better for you, or you can yeah. help do a little task that helps us make it better for everybody or we observe some way that you use the ux and it's almost like a like a slot machine you, you did thing x and you happen to get a little payment for it because oh that thing that you were just doing was just part of our test process right right so some way to use lightning payments to help 
with kind of the human feedback portion of a thing that might have real UX and real purpose for being, or there's maybe a machine to machine interaction that we don't know exactly, you know, it's it's too heavy to create structured contracts and long-term relationships, but you can sort of, you know, have one machine do part of a training workload for you and have another meaning machine do part of an inference for you. And then it can assemble it in some way. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I This is actually an area I want to find somebody. I was, I've was i been talking to some people kind of offline, but I want to find somebody who wants to come on and talk about this, who's kind of from I would love that. the AI world, you know, spending all their time on that, but in, maybe not from the Bitcoin, Lightning, Noster, decentralized technology world, but start to understand, like, what are the limitations mm-hmm. around training and the costs associated with it? And running inferences. Yeah, I love that. And can you do that in a like in a decentralized workload way? Like, which parts of them are likely to be decentralized early? Yeah. Well, okay. So, I mean, that that sparked a lot of thoughts. One is that there is a company, Stackwork, which has been doing a little yeah. bit of the stuff for a while. Yeah. Um, the guy Paul Etoy behind Sphinx Chat as well. In theory, he's supposed to come to this event we're doing next week. Oh, also. cool. So it'd be cool for you to chat with him. Uh, and Paul is someone that always seems kind of far ahead of the curve. I don't think he is big on Nostra yet. He may be. So it'll be really interesting to get. He's just not active or he has some concerns with it? I I don't know. I just haven't seen him on there. So, um, but to be fair, I don't think he uses Twitter much anyway. So, so maybe he is interested in it, but like a lot of his vision and he's already doing some of this, like essentially paying people to do um, training of models and stuff. Right. Right. And lightning is like a really convenient payment system for them to use for that for many reasons, including you don't have to create an account. Right. Or, you know, whatever, especially if the payments are small enough, you may not even need a KYC or whatever. Anyways. Um, but I think a lot of his ideas could be very well applied over Nostra now. And so mm-hmm. I'm curious to see where he comes and yeah, you guys should definitely do a jam. Yeah. The other thing though, is, you know, I, I would love to hear, yeah, I'd love to hear a video with you and a non Nostra Bitcoin person kind of trying to figure out where's the first place to lightning payments really solve a problem for machine to machine payments. I'm a hundred percent. Like if you look 10 years out, all machines are not Bitcoin lightning wallets. Of course, they're not going to be using Visa MasterCard. <laughs> yeah. And so that makes a ton of sense to me, but I'm curious, like what's that first big spot to, to break? Is it, you know, I, I have some budget, you know, I'm your, your personal AI assistant and you said, Hey, you know, solve this problem for me. Here's $200, do whatever needs to be done. And to do that, you know, maybe I need to interact with the traditional fiat system to buy plane tickets for you, but I also need to be able to pay for my own electricity costs or whatever it is. And so I'm curious what that first big use case is going to be. One hunch I've had is that somehow it's going to be related to Noster. Mm -hmm. And the reason is just, we already have the norms here where, you know, you can have AI bots that have their own Noster pub keys, which is a Bitcoin wallet. And we already had the norm of paying for the first resource storage mm-hmm. in sats. So yeah. maybe it's something like maybe these like Nostra AIs really, uh, AIs really take off in Nostra first. But right. I don't know. What, what do you think is going to be the first one to break? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm more, I think I'm more leaning toward the things that, that are like a decentralized workflow or like a distributed work workload mm-hmm. where, you know, there's going to be a bunch of machines doing little bits of a job. Got it. And how do you figure out who did which bits of the job? Mm-hmm. And do you actually, uh, I was, I was talking to some AI people about this and they're like, well, you could just have like a bunch of, you know, you know, these a one hundreds are kind of the main machines. You have a bunch of a one hundreds and you could run some and somebody else could run another 
somebody else can run another. And you just like dispatch. For, for, for people that don't know, that's a GPU or? I, I yeah, it's know. like the NVIDIA. It's like okay. the standard, you know, NVIDIA machine that everybody uses. Um, but uh, but y- you could basically dispatch a workload to, you know, machine cluster A or person who controls machine cluster A over here. Okay. Dis- dispatch the same workload to machine cluster B over here run by a different operator. And, you know, see if they come up with the same result, then you consider it a good result. And if they come up with different results, you maybe ask a third. But all of the coordination of those, we, we don't have a way to do that today. So instead, you just, like, throw up a bunch of machines yourself and charge for the API. So I think the fact that j- you... J- just to play devil's advocate on yeah. that a little bit, I, I like this concept. But, like, for the bigger companies, aren't they kind of doing that already but just paying in batch? Like the bigger companies a, are doing that. Con- but so you're yeah. saying for more, like, smaller... Well, I... You know, I, I'm I'm concerned about the centralizing nature of AI. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and so this is not a way that a large AI company would choose to behave. Got it. This is like a, a force that could push back against the centralizing nature of some of the large AI companies. So I love that philo- philosophically. What would be like like super concrete? Like what would be a first business use case for like one business to do this and one business to purchase that service? So, um, so I, I don't know all of how the infrastructure flows, but, um, but like you're familiar with mid journey. Yeah. So mid journey, they have to train models that enable them to generate the images that they do. Right. And so you can imagine instead of being dependent on mid journey to do that, you could post a note to Noster Mm -hmm. and you could have a bunch of, you know, machines all over the internet, like the same way we kind of have relays who've done part of a training set. And I don't know all the coordination details. There's a lot to do there, Mm -hmm. but I could ask that thing and I could pay that thing. And whoever has part of the result could each get paid a fraction of that. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I think it's very credible that mid journey is doing tens of millions of us dollar revenue today. And I've heard some people say much more than that. Yeah. And so in a sense, that is a revenue stream that is up for grabs that people are willing to pay for that's done in a very centralized way today. Yeah. I don't know if that can be done in a decentralized way, but could you take the training style that they use yep. in stability AI and stable diffusion, you know, has re- relevant stuff that's more open source, open source and kind right. of, you know, pushing back in a healthy way. But, but I think the stable diffusion models, my understanding is they're not yet really trying to, kind of push it to the edges where people get paid for contributing to a greater whole. I think they're just trying to like make it open source and available to anybody to do. But why can't you kind of let everybody run a little bit of it? I love it. In whatever way they want. So this gets me excited for so many reasons. One is that for the last several years, I've had this idea, like a lot of like ICOs, the shit coins back in 2017 are good ideas, but I've always thought somehow we're going to get done over Bitcoin lightning. And then Ryan and Drew have had their great talk about how you could potentially do, you know, messaging on top of Bitcoin lightning as well. Yep. And now I think that maybe that's going to be done over Noster, but it's like, you know, Gollum, which was this ICO back in 2017. It was like distributed compute, like mm-hmm. all things you talk about distributed. It, this is how we build the hive mind. Yeah. This is how we build both the distributed yeah. high mind. You know, it's excited and gesticulating <laughs> is, you know, you ha- you want to spread computation. And and I, I'm skeptical that it's going to be like at home computation at first. Maybe it's going to be like kind of like mid-sized data centers and then eventually it kind of spreads to a longer tail. But like storage bandwidth compute, like why can't we have all of those things? And by the way, because, you know, machines will need to kind of like acquisition in real time, little bits of it. You know, the, the, you say, AI, do this thing for me. Like AI, like create this image for me. In order to do that, the AI needs to go and like, by various resources from lots of these clusters. Yep, yep. And and I think we see that happening in relays today on a very small hobbyist un kind of optimized scale, right? Yeah. 
So can you take those same concepts that already kind of work in a unstructured, unoptimized way and kind of build other systems for different purposes that have some similar loose affiliation, but payment ability. I love it. You know, a little bit, maybe of this will come out next week, but we should do like an AI plus Nostra slash lightning. Like if yeah. like try and get as many AI people talking to lightning and Nostra people yeah. as possible, something massive is there. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a few, a few people that I've been thinking about how to, how to get, uh, you know, I want to create a conversation that would be like a, enough, you know, enough of each side that yeah. it's interesting and kind of hopefully brings us to new information, new knowledge. Um, I would love so to I'm, be part of that. I'm That's thinking amazing. about that. So let's turn to some of the links because we got a, we got a lot of links to talk about, right? That's We've right. Collecting. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what we haven't touched on yet. So um, let me pop over to here. This was I just shared this because I was, um, you know, somebody this person on Noster, Lysander Spooner was writing Nostra is shrinking, not growing. It failed to reach critical mass because every third post generously is a Bitcoin ad. <laughs> and they were looking at Arthur's uh, stats dashboard. Yeah. And so they were saying, look closely at the month separated retention of all users 30 days after signing up percent. And so I wanted to pull that one up. Uh, and I've got it here teed up. Yeah. So here's retention of all users 30 days after sign up. Um, and I think if I understand right, he's saying this is the most recent cohort. Hmm. So January, February, March, this is the April cohort. This is the March cohort. And you can see, I think he correctly points out that the March cohort was better than the current cohort. And, and remind me just what we're looking at here. This retention right? of all users. So this is 30 days after signing up. Um, so like, I don't know if this is on the third day after sign up. 30% are still using it. 30% are still using Got it. it. Okay. And by the time you get to, the 30th day, only six, you know, 5.9% are using it. Got it. Okay. I think is, and if you go back one month before that, you have even more better. And one month before that, you have even better. Got it. And so I think the, you know, observation he is making is that the retention is not that good. Right. Which I think, you know, I think it's a a thing to be concerned about. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and so I think there's like a bunch of factors here. One could be that the oh, and I see I've got our can't can't see all the details there from the way we've got the screen composed. But I think one of the things to be mindful of here is that um, you know people are coming on and ha- probably have less context. Like somebody who comes on today probably has less context than somebody who came on say two months ago, three months ago. For sure, yeah. And they're kind of maybe maybe a lot of the people we know who came on two or three months ago. Um, kind of already knew a lot of people on or sort of trying to come to it with some expectation of who they should be meeting there. And maybe there's less of that now is one thing. So one idea that I wanted to kind of reemphasize, which we talked about before, but I think that onboarding experience may be a big part of what enables people to get connected and get information flowing and so have a better experience. So I would agree. I think the kind of, you know, the assessment that the retention curves are weaker than we would expect to see in a growing product are true and concerning. I don't think it means the protocol doesn't work yeah. or that like the ecosystem can't win um, or, you know, an ecosystem with these kinds of properties. Um, I don't think that's the case at all, but I do think there's a whole different set of challenges with how you get people connected to high quality information and what are the products that we're running toward that we want to use and find. And then people who've never, seen those products 
want to come and be a part of that instead of just coming to play around with the kind of like, you know, you know, Twitter expat community yeah. that we mostly are today. Well, I mean, I think that, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's a fair, you know, concern, but at the same time, it's like, to your point, it's not surprising at all. It's like the first couple of cohorts, like us, for example, were people that were already Bitcoiners and interested in sort of call it freedom technology or whatever yeah. more broadly. And so the low hanging fruit, there's less and less low hanging fruit, mm-hmm. right? Like if you, if there's call it, you know, whatever, a million Bitcoiners on Twitter, we've already got over half. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's like a lot of them came over in those earlier cohorts and that makes sense to me. They already had like your, to your point, they knew friends that were helping them on board. They found discussion of a topic that interested them. And now as you've already shaken the low hanging tree and you start to get a new one, it's like you're getting people that don't have necessarily friends. They read about it in Forbes. Um, maybe right. they're not like, you know, following Jack Dorsey super closely. Um, and they're not that interested in Bitcoin. So of course they're, they're having trouble. Um, but I, I don't, again, that, that doesn't really concern me for two reasons. One, because to our point earlier about the kind of Paul Graham insight, the people that love Noster are rabid about yep. it, like obsessive, right? Yep. Just listen. If you want to hear that, just listen <laughs> to Pablo and, uh, G, you know, talk about their addiction. Yep. Um, so that doesn't concern me. I, I do think that like it's going to adoption will go in waves. And so some of the users that are turning, I think, you know, you don't get infinite shots on gold then, but they'll, they'll come back when the um, user experience is way better. So I agree with you. I think we've shaken the low hanging fruit of the tree. There's probably still a couple more Bitcoiners to get. We've, we've kind of got that group. And now I think the next quarter, the next three months is going to be what's that next experience beyond Bitcoin and how do you find people that are interested in whatever that thing is or things discover that. Yep. And so I'm really excited to see, I know Rabble is thinking about how does he bring some of his kind of activity pub, which is yep. like one step away. It's still interested in decentralized protocols, but not Bitcoiners. Um, you've got, you know, some marketplaces that are coming on the ordinals, the DGENs, maybe they're the next one. But like the point is it's probably going to be only like <laughs> one step away each time. But yeah. like, I, th- I think it's totally makes sense. totally fine. But, um, I think there's, if anything, a lot of room for entrepreneurs and builders to come in right now and solve these different problems of how do you solve discovery? How yep. do you, you know, build an app for an adjacent, but not the same sort of Bitcoin super freedom tech people. Yep. So if only we had a great highlighter is what you're saying, right? I think, I mean, seriously, the highlighter <laughs> app, the music app, I think both of those, the ordinals marketplace, all three of those ideas, the AI, you know, generated art thing, any of those could pop. Yep. Cool. Um, other links we were looking, you wanted to talk about the, the general stats dashboard from primal.net. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. You know, we, we always, uh, look at Nostra band and I thought, you know, it'd be interesting to just compare, um, you know, primal has its own view. They're calling it 480,000 ish users, which again is pretty damn good. If that's, if that's right, like, yes, only call it, you know, 20,000 of them are posting every week. Um, maybe it's a little bit more than that, but you know, that's about 1%. Yeah. And so that's kind of to be expected. Archer's got on Nostra band. Yeah. Something like 15, 16,000 people a week. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I guess my only question here is just like, I'm curious, you know, millions, um, primals counts a little under 500. I think Archer, if you go to his count, he has in terms of total users, um, a couple of different ones. The closest count he has is people with, um, uh, profiles with, uh, contact list. Right? That's the red one. The here. red one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's about 
750 or so K millions of around 450 K. Yep. So I'm curious kind of what that discrepancy is. Do you have any idea what the difference, I mean, it's not that far off. Yeah. It's not, I mean, same order magnitude and I'm sure there's just different, uh, you know, criteria like, you know, having a contact list is one type of criteria. Yep. Maybe, maybe in primal it, it's a contact with, with at least 10 yep. contacts on it or something. Right. So, but, but I think it's like pretty fair to say there's somewhere on the order of half a million people that are using this. Yeah. Or I guess who have used, who have kind of used it in a kind of set up a proper account. In a meaningful way. Yeah. And then, you know, in the range of 18, 17, 18,000 that use it, at least, it posted at least that once are a posting. week. And right. I, I think it's very, very A lot very of people read who don't post. That, exactly. It's probably two orders of magnitude higher lurkers is my guess. Uh, well, so, so, so 17,000 posters weekly. Mm-hmm. So 170,000, 1.7 million. Oh, yeah, maybe it's not that high. Then. I, I, okay, so I'm just going off the 1% kind of general internet rule for like Reddit and other oh, forums. Okay. But maybe, I think we've talked about this before, maybe because these there's like a higher percentage of people that is like, of the initial adopters of Noster, maybe there's a much higher percentage. It's not 1% that are active, but, you know, 5%. Yeah, yeah. And so if that's the case, let's say there's, just to make the math simple, there's 20,000 people using it a week and 20 times that, that are reading it. Right. So that would be about 400,000. Got it. Yep. Checks out. Um, cool. Should we jam through, um, some other links here? We got, uh, the rise of the paid Noster relay. Yeah, this is a little bit old. The only reason I pulled this up, we already kind of went through this now is just to show the GitHub stars. Okay, yeah. Andre was the one we to show that, that already. It was yep. just really interesting to see how fast Nostr's grow. Um, this was one, the, uh, Nostav micro apps. So I think, you know, a lot of people have this idea, you know, when you come to Nostra, you're like, oh, cool, it's a new, you know, I call it kind of a new protocol for publishing on the web. Some people say it's a decentralized social network, you know. I think when, you know, how you come to it actually may suggest what kinds of things you look for from it or what kinds of things you might seek to build. And I think the standard model of kind of building products is kind of build everything full stack you know the database the front end the discovery service the identity you know all web mobile platforms etc and i think there's an, a new thing that you know people are rec- starting to recognize which is like you can get very very deep on one very important piece of the ecosystem and then use that with everybody else and make that available to everybody else. Mm -hmm. And we don't really have, like in centralized services, we don't really have the model of how that should look. Mm -hmm. So um, I like this. This kind of shows micro apps. So this is bookmarks. is a bookmarking app. Are these live? I believe so, yeah. I think that's why he shared this. So there's a bookmarks app, a pastebin app, oops, a mind map app, to-do list, calendar, encrypted pastebin, shortcut, and Kanban board. And then, of course, Pablo saying add Zapster. Um, That's dope. I didn't so, realize there's that many different micro apps already. Oh yeah. I mean, and there's even more than this. I think he was just highlighting some of his favorites or the top ones. Cool. But I think like a, a micro app around identity management, right? Like no store. Yeah. It's kind of like a, or Albi is like a identity management micro app, a micro app for onboarding. Let's pause there for a yeah. second. What? Okay. Imagine, you know, your Albi, a lot of people are using you to log in. What? And maybe it's not that. Maybe it's someone completely independent. What does your ideal onboarding micro app look like? Well, it is is login and identity management tied to onboarding? Maybe not. Like they could be related, but they, mm-hmm. it might be that 
you know, Albi just focuses on like login key generation and login. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else, you know, does like, you know, maybe like a kind of the discovery services or like the trust rank stuff Archer's doing or some of the discovery services that, um, that Primal's building, maybe those become pluggable pieces that any, you know, if, if you're building a new app, you grab Albi for login, you grab, you know, Primal's discovery service for onboarding, and then you grab, I don't know, maybe there's some Domus component for how a social feed looks, mm. and you use use those building blocks, those are the atomic units, and you assemble them, they're all open source, and you don't necessarily fork them, but you just incorporate them. I think actually didn't, it related to this, I think Domus just incorporated like a a local relay or something. Did you see that? No, I didn't. So just different ways that you think about these things, not as full stack apps, but you think of them as like, I'm going to remix and assemble these atomic units that other people have built. I'm not Mm going to reinvent the wheel each time. And I'm only going to do one thing that I do really well. So I love all that specifically onboarding though. Like what, like imagine you're a complete new, like what does that flow look like? I mean, I think it's, you know, we, we, we were talking about this offline, but I think it's, you, you know, just like maybe generate a key and maybe give me very, you know, minimal information about what that means. You don't have to push it in front of me. And then give me like maybe topics to follow that have people attached to them that I can follow. Mm-hmm. And then I'm onboarded. Got it. Right. That seems like the minimal, I, I don't sorry, profile creation, right? So maybe way to upload a profile. Maybe there's a pet name, you know, kind of username-ish thing, but that might actually create confusion. But e- each of those things mm. feels like the kinds of things that could be, you know, uh, like an onboarding app, like micro app specific thing. And then anybody building an app could use a configurable version of the onboarding flow that so-and-so built. And then right? when the flow is done, they're imported into your app, whether that's Domus or Primal or whatever. Yeah. I like that. Same way. I mean, think about it. Like, think about if you onboard to Primal today mm-hmm. and use their discovery services, you find people to follow, and then you have those in the contact list tied to your public private key pair. Right. Well, that's effectively you've used the micro app of Primal to do discovery, yeah, but you could take it, that and go it. to Snort or Iris it's or much more plug and play. So, so like yeah. it, it already does work that way, but I think we're not maybe collectively thinking about the world as like assemblies of micro apps instead of full stack apps. Got it. Not, not that there's anything wrong with full stack apps, just like a lot of work. So hopefully if you're doing full stack, you're really nailing like some really important features that only hang together in the specific flow you have in mind versus if you're just kind of doing generalized discovery, generalized key management, right. whatever, like why not, you know, why reinvent the wheel? It's kind of like open source philosophy, but applied to like, you know, the idea of a full stack app versus like a Lego building blocks kind of atomic unit. I like assembly. that. And then it allows different people to be kind of the best, like to yeah. really get good at discovery or really get good at the onboarding flow. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like and that. if you really get good at discovery, I don't think you become the discovery tastemaker, but you kind of set the definition of how discovery services should be built. Yeah. And maybe you're one of the common ones, but you're also pluggable. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you I kind of it. like help move move forward how discovery services should be built. And then eventually I can see, you know, something like Adamus, you know, I guess some people have already compared it to like a, a browser, maybe mm-hmm. it's more like an app store, but then you can, you can like, or like, I like the umbrella app store. Like it's a really nice way to look at it. Like yeah. you can just start having all these little apps. You just 
whatever. I'm yeah. already plugged whatever loaded in here and like, oh, like here's my music player, here's my this, here's yeah. my that. And search is another obvious yeah. you know, micro app. You know, wallets are another obvious micro app, maybe media playing. AI assistant. AI assistant, yeah. So there's all kinds of, you know, it's but it's it's so different of a way to think about the world. We don't have any you don't have like a lot of evidence of how that would work because in the past every centralized system had to kind of full stack it, right? Yeah. It's awesome. Um but and, it, and also it kind of, you know, one of the theses I've been developing over time as an investor is that, you know, because of open source software, because of AI, like making developers that are good, even better, Mm -hmm. the 10X engineer becomes a hundred X engineer. Right. And now open source is on steroids with Noster. Yeah. There's a very good chance that companies or projects or whatever the form takes, like maybe like it becomes a norm to like, you know, one dev or like a team of like 10 devs like that's the whole company. Oh yeah. And so yeah. like the bloat that you see to play is like Twitter when Elon just yeah, like yeah. slash 90% of the work for or whatever it was like, maybe that's just the norm. It's like right. the teams are just going to be like really small, but there's going to be a long tail of like custom experiences. Yep. Well, I mean, and that's kind of the looser federation of a team is kind of what Nostroc at NG are kind of aiming at. Right. So I think that the trend you're observing is, is consistent with, I think the trend he's observing, but kind of coming at it from a different different yeah. angle yeah it's exciting um oh this this was so y- you've seen the github mm-hmm. uh the bounty that i think it was one of the largest bounties we've seen and then he increased it and he increased it so so i think jack originally proposed the github bounty and mm-hmm. then he increased it is it on bouncer right i think so yeah com. and i think he 10 x it even like yeah he- and it like grew huge and then still nobody's really jumped on it and so you know he, he's starting to say maybe the bounty isn't the right way to fund the work, which which I think also touches on some of these kind of broader themes, which is how would you get this built? Maybe it should be built in a much more atomic way yeah. where you don't try to do all of GitHub right now, but you figure out either can you break it down into smaller components that themselves can be, you know, like we need some sort of file storage thing. Yeah. And I think people yeah. talk about the BitTorrent you know, approach to file storage and, you know, the identity systems that are getting built. But if you sort of really focus on having all these micro apps and ma- and, and I think Nostroc, it, again, touches on some of these themes. So if you get people building these things in little pieces and then somebody comes in and assembles them, but isn't necessarily going after a full top down end to end GitHub but you kind of figure out the components and pieces that are needed to build GitHub and you do each one in like, you know, in the six hour chunk to sort of use G's, you know, analogy, you know, six hour piece of work to build a six hour piece of work component, check it in, make it available to the world. Um, and then in over time, we'll end up with GitHub. So I think that's like one, one credible path. The other credible path that I could imagine here is that um, I think, if we do have a kind of a censorship resistant or a new style of uh, managing, a, you know, a Git repository, it would not surprise me if there's also an enterprise offering that could be built around that. Yeah, so it's just a company. So kind of the Fedi, you know, Fedi Fediment thing. It's like if you define the protocol, build a bunch of the open source software, and then build kind of a commercial service at the edge of it that still enables that to flourish and people can take it in all kinds of different directions, but then you're doing 
you know, all of your own kind of customer acquisition and customer service and kind of, you know, managing, helping customers use the open source software more easily. And I think we already have evidence of this in the Git ecosystem. I think GitLab is mostly that yeah. style of thing. And, you know, certainly GitHub monetizes through through those kind of paid accounts. I'm interested in both options. I'd love to see people try both. Um, as an investor here, I'll say if someone wants to take that idea and run with it and try and uh, build GitHub and then figure out how to do an enterprise version later, I'm interested. Yeah, cool. So it sounds like that could be, uh, that sounds like it's a fundable idea in your mind as like a commercial. Definitely. And in general, like I'm a big fan of this, like the open source idea of just like give it all away, charge enterprises for hosting and whatever support. Right. Sure. By the way, have you run across, do you know Joseph Jacks or did you see the... Well, I watched part of, not all, okay, yeah. part of your video with him. That's yeah. like his thesis, right? That's his whole thing is kind of going after... He's like kind of... He's right. Not, not super Nostra focused, but he's super open source focused. Yeah. And so... Yeah. I mean, I that's an area that I would like to spend even more time, but I, I generally agree with what I understand his thesis to be, which is that in the future, all software is open source. Mm-hmm. Or like 99.9% or something. Yep. Which right. is great for the human, you know, for the great. world and humanity. Yep. <laughs> um, I think we can like carnage post. Yeah, like okay, a lot of us like me that are onboarding. I don't know why is that. I don't see your history. history. <laughs> <laughs> that was about. Yeah. Uh, what do we have here? Oh, we're looking at the the stack stacker news kind of sub sub stacks subreddits. Right? Yeah, and I just thought, I mean, this is really cool, Kian, who for the last couple of sprints has been working on his um, new Nostra client came back and he had some stuff he wanted to, to do on, um, on Stacker News. And actually, you know, I got to spend a good part of last week with Kian. Oh, you did? Yeah, it was in Austin. Oh, Um, right. I think it was last week, right? Like the weeks have been running together lately. Uh And um, he, yeah, he told me he wanted to do a sprint on Stacker News. And so I was like, ah, maybe I'll do a couple of bug fixes. And of course it's Kian. So you get this (laughs) incredible new feature shift. But I, I just thought it was interesting because, so he's basically this concept of subs, which is, you know, I think it's it's both an illustrative point for what we were saying about how a startup starts and scale versus scales, and then also like some of the UI and potentially you know discovery solutions that could apply to Nostra as well. Yep. So Kian, who I know is himself very much a student of Paul Graham as well, you know he really liked this idea of start with something really small, really rabid community, yep. and let it grow from there. And so when I first, I think when both of us first found Stacker News and invested in that. You know, it was it was not a big community, but the people that were on it were like super into it. And it was yep. clearly the highest signal lightning community. And I remember being like, all right, there's not a lot of people today, but if you buy that lightning and Bitcoin are gonna keep growing, this is the highest signal forum, it's gonna keep growing. And I think we reached a point where, okay, now we've got I don't know, the last time I checked, fifty, sixty thousand monthly active views or whatever it is. Monthly viewers, not active views, whatever. <laughs> and um and now organically, you know, at one point a few months ago, we discussed well, what next, what should the next sub be? Maybe it's AI, which I still think would be cool. Maybe it's something else. And then kind of, you know, naturally Nostra was pulled out as the next big subject, mm-hmm. which is great. And now I think Kian is kind of like, okay, cool. This is a good opportunity to say like, there are some Bitcoiners that frankly don't care about Nostra and maybe vice versa. Great. Yep. They can, you know, quickly decide what's tag Nostra, what's Bitcoin and, you know, start to have subs kind of like, right. Yep, yep. And I think in Nostra as well, goes this idea with hashtags or, you know, maybe you have like specific apps or focus on specific themes or relays, relays that are focused on specific things. Although I'm, I'm less bullish on that particular vision, but maybe the point is, I think that we're moving into a world where we can go beyond just Bitcoin, at least yep. on Stacker News. And now I think on Nostra as well. Right. And do you know, cause I know he's been, he built a, uh, the relay and a client 
Have you seen his uh, landing page? I haven't played with Let's it. Let's pull it up. It's dope. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's just a landing page right now, but again, it's called outer.space. So if you guys haven't gotten on here yet, you can pay to oh, get yeah, your yeah. map. I've I've been to the landing page, yeah. And I love that by the way, just like his like small <laughs> taste, right? Like yeah. you've got uh the UFO and the <laughs> alien finger. Right. Anyways, so this is not shipped yet, but right. you can reserve a name right now. And is is this going to be do you know anything more about this from your time or you just don't want to pre-announce? I don't know what all <laughs> he wants to share, and frankly, I don't even know that much myself because you know, Ken um I think he likes to like ship rather than talk. Yeah, yeah. But what I can say is I think he's thinking about what does a client for like non-Bitcoin obsessed people look like, mm-hmm. which I'm excited about. I think he's definitely, he and other people I know, he's thinking about this primal thing about us. A lot of people are thinking like, how do we break out of our little cocoon? Yeah, yeah. Great. Anyways, I just thought subs were cool though and like it's a pretty big feature. I'm curious. My only concern with it, I don't know if, if how you would think about this is like, I do wonder if we have quite enough density yet. Maybe it's a little early, but um, there's probably enough density with Nostra that some people just want Nostra. But. Yeah, I think there's enough overlap, but then enough difference. Mm-hmm. Like that that one, I've, I've seen some people come on and be like, eh, I don't want to see all the Bitcoin advertisements. Yeah. <laughs> Which, there's no actual advertisements, but just like people talking about Bitcoin, they, I guess, consider advertisements. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think- <laughs> Stop shilling your sets. <laughs> I think there's enough people who are curious and interested in Nostra, but maybe aren't really interested in hearing about Bitcoin anymore right now, yeah. which is totally fine. Um, so if, if that, if that's sort of how they fit, then like, here's a great place. Stacker news, you know, I guess, I don't know the mechanics of earning lightning. If you actually don't care about Bitcoin, maybe a little in conflict with each other. Maybe, but even those people are probably like, I mean, maybe some people don't want it at all, but like, you're probably like, Oh, free money. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Uh, speaking of, Money and zaps, uh, zapvertising, right? This was a, a topic. I just saw this from, I think it's Walker who wrote this, right? And I actually don't know him, but. Okay. I We've sort of bumped into each other a bunch on Noster, but I don't know too much about him. I think he started this Footster. <laughs> is he the one who started the meme around? Well, I, I looked at his profile just in kind of preparing for this, and apparently he both started the Footster thing, which is like some kind of like foot fetish chain or I don't, I don't know whatever and then he also started apparently he was the one that created the nostrich as like the logo for um for nostr oh he he is the i believe so the creator of like we wouldn't have ostriches as part of it i think that's right oh wow and okay. so whoever this guy is he clearly has you know some taste and ability to get his ideas out yeah um so anyways anyways and so this this um article i liked it i'm not sure i agree with it all of it yet i'm still kind of getting my head around it but i think it's very it's plausible and it's worth exploring and so his whole idea is you know take a step back why do ads have to suck like no one loves ads and i think he uses this example where you know and it ties into some of gg stuff around value for value like he has this excellent article that talks about this like why is it that, you know, in our current model, I mean, our current advertising model is not really working for anyone that well, mm-hmm. right? Like you, uh, as an advertiser, you know, end up paying a lot. Most of that goes to the platform, very little reaches the creator. So the creator's not winning that much. Mm-hmm. They're kind of getting peanuts. The only one that's really winning is the platform, the Google mm-hmm. or the Facebook. Um, the advertiser, meanwhile, they're getting like impressions and maybe clicks, but they don't really care about it. They just want sales, right? right? So it's not like that directly linked for them. Meanwhile, I always feel about this for content creators as well. And like, not to be like too like judgy or whatever, but I'm like, 
doesn't it just like suck to sell your soul to like get up there and like shill something? Mm-hmm. And some people kind of get around this by saying like, I only shill products I use myself, which, okay, that's, right. that's a step in the right direction. But right. like, imagine, I don't know, you're like someone with a lot of people on Instagram and like, Hey, <laughs> here's this like whatever amazing energy drink. It's just like, Oh man. Or even like sports stars have always felt that like, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm, you know, Grizzlies fan. And I remember just like, you know, everyone does this, but I remember, you know, when job Morant had like a big Powerade deal or something, I was like, you probably don't like power. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it just, it just feels so shallow. It just gross. It, it, feel, it feels kind of like just some different era. Yeah. You know, like where, I don't know, we're like, there were three, you know, three channels on TV and it's all these big national advertisers and it's just like, nobody cares about this stuff. Come on. And well, not only that, but like, I just imagine like as the person, I get it, you have to make money, Yeah. but like as the person signing these endorsement deals, unless it's something you truly do love. Like BlockFi. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, not to call out, but all those podcasts and everyone knows which one we're talking about, like every single thing they showed went under, right? Like literally it was, it was just like, it was like, man, like you're just draining threes here. Just like, like literally I got to the point where I was just like, all right, if there's an ad on these specific podcasts, run. Right. Right. <laughs> Anyways. Signal. And, well, I think, I think that's part of the problem though, is that it's like the, the worse the advertiser behaves as a business, yeah. the more they make, the more they can afford to pay for advertising. How fucked up is that? Like why, why is that the state of our world? Like the yeah. people that are making the most money or the businesses are the ones just like doing the worst behavior. Like yeah. something seems like fundamentally broken. And I know Bitcoiners say fix the money, fix the world. Maybe that's right. But like that just seems fundamentally just yeah. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think, I think it's just like a structural thing with the way media and information works. It's like you're going to sell to the highest bidder. So, so the only way around this is say, I'm not selling to the highest bidder. Yeah. I'm not trying to maximize my revenue as a creator. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I'm going to choose because I love athletic greens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One moment. <laughs> Noster news brought to you by Solana. But, but I think people sometimes do choose advertisers that they actually appreciate the products, but like, uh, I don't know, that's a pretty privileged position to be big enough that you don't have to optimize revenue. Right. Again, and I'm not trying to like hate on the people. I get it. Like if you're a content creator that really just wants to make your thing, like, this is a way to pay the bills. I get it. Yeah. I'm just saying how fucked is it that that's the structural setup where like you have to shill something like it's not realistic for a normal person that makes great, whatever they're making yeah. to be able to like pay their rent. It's, and so advertising is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's go to the positive thing. <laughs> it's kind of an answer to that, right? It's like right. an alternative. And I think what's interesting about it, the thing that I, I, I sort of love the idea of the value for value stuff and like help, people transact and get paid for creating stuff that other people like. Um, but the thing that I find super interesting about it is because all the clients are decentralized and every client can build whatever features they want, they can actually surface zaps mm-hmm. in whatever way they want. That's right. Which means even at like a really big scale, if there are lots of clients and lots of consumption experiences, there's no like core way to insert yourself as a zapper so you don't even you can't like run the metrics and just optimize page views, impressions, conversions, whatever. Right. It's it's kind of like I think it makes it hard to to build an optimized system. Like when you when you go to like, you know, Facebook or Google, you can just, you know, pay and run the conversions and do the thing. But if you're like, well, some of these audiences are on client X and some of them yeah. are on client 
Y and others are on client Z and we don't know how they're going to choose to render our kind of zap ad. Totally, which is why I'm not sure this is the right answer. And and I also have some of their like- Oh, no, I, but I'm saying I think- You think this is? A, well, I think something like this, I think there's a lot of good themes that this addresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what I'm saying, the positive here is that mm-hmm. it it doesn't let you do things at scale mm-hmm. because you can't reliably know that if you were to run a zap ad, mm-hmm. that it will show up in any reliable way. So it it kind of like breaks the scale ability of an advertiser, which means the only people who probably would be paying for these are people who actually enjoy the content and want to pay the creator. Oh, interesting. Okay, I get your point. Yeah, so I I, I could say a couple of ways this is going. So for people who haven't read the article, one of the ideas is that, you know, think of it as like almost like a billboard space. Like you, let's say, and, and the reason I was saying this may not work as well as the article is suggesting is because different clients may render the zap differently. Mm. Right. So maybe you're like, Oh, I have a hundred million followers across these platforms. And like maybe on Domus, you know, I can zap and become the top comment, right. but maybe primal doesn't show it that way. And like, there's no zap shown. So like, right. that's one of the challenges to overcome, which I'm not saying it can't be overcome, but that's, that was one of the places my head went. But the, the, the idea is like, Hey, I'm doing a live stream and I'm going to show the top three comments or the, the only the top comment there. And that's right. it. And the only like metric I'm using is how much you pay. And maybe there's like some, like also like it's not illegal or something. Right. And so, um, basically you just, it's like a, a real time auction for right. that eyeball space. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I so I, I think maybe my optimism on this model is that it pushes things to happen at smaller scale mm. and they, it, it sort of may limit the ability for traditional advertisers to operate at kind of the mega scale that they do today. Mm. Um, it doesn't fix all problems necessarily. Like I think there's still little optimization games people can play. Totally. Um, but uh, it's an interesting idea to explore. I mean, I, I think there's other interesting ideas. Lightning and Oster will open up. This is not my favorite either, but it's interesting. You know, Fountain will do the listen, like they'll pay you to listen. Right. That's interesting because that's like, you know, this, um, uh, what is he calling this? Uh, footster guy zap zap advertising zap advertising yeah you know it, it's still kind of like a, an eyeballs game mm-hmm. which is interesting and like at least you're getting someone that's really paying for the value it's open market anyone can do it um the fountain thing is interesting like pay you to listen because then it's not an eyeball game it's like oh like you know they took the action you wanted them to take which right. is listening yeah um i don't know somehow i still kind of like hope that there'll be something i don't know that's still not just like sell your billboard but but i get it and I think it's it's a step in the right direction for sure from what we have now. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's early, but interesting that people are thinking about stuff like this. And clearly whoever wrote this Walker, I mean, he's someone that understands public psyche very well. So I think yep. it's it's promising that he's pushing this direction. Yeah. Cool. Um Nostra Wallet Connect from Vitor. Yeah, I just thought this was really exciting. So uh, we may have mentioned this in the last podcast, but Nostra Wallet Connect is an open source piece of software that I'll be shipped. And the idea is that you can um, hook up a mobile client with any Lightning wallet. I think it maybe needs to be WebLN enabled. Obviously, Albi's the you know the use case they're doing it for, but you could do it with any wallet. And so the idea is that if you're using, it, for example, if you're using Albi to log into a web client today, and you log in with your Albi extension, and you already have your wallet there, you can do one click zapping, super easy. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it from a mobile app like Domus or Amethyst, then it's a pain in the ass. Because <laughs> you have to like select the wallet every time. It's just a non-starter for right. a lot of people. 
But what this says is, and what he just shipped is he took the open source code, integrated it into uh, Amethyst, which is like the big Android client. And I think I haven't played it with the X. I don't have the Android, but you can basically like scan a QR code with whatever wallet you want, or, you know, maybe do it to one dialog box. Um, Cause I know we love those. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you just connect your Android app, your Amethyst app with your lightning wallet and all apps just come from there automatically. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so just simplify the ability to pay and kind of make it more seamless, you know, seamless, frictionless yeah. payments. I think it's a big deal. And we're not, we're not there with iOS yet, but not yet, but maybe Adamus <laughs> uh, or whoever will, will do it next. Um, and I thought this was also cool just to show this is that, you know, uh, you could do it custodially with a wallet. I think I'm assuming any of the WebLN wallets, Albie's custodial breeze, um, probably moon, but you can also do it now via the Albie app in the app store for Umbral with your own personal node. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really cool as well. So you run people. your own lightning node mm-hmm. on your Umbral or whatever on your Umbral. Mm-hmm. And then you connect with Nostra wallet connect and mm-hmm. you point it to yours and it just debits directly or yes. initiate sends, directly. which is badass. Like you literally yeah. you're being your own bank and uh-huh. your own payment provider or whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Cool. I know you're a little short on time. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have, do you want to, yeah, we can do maybe just one or two more. Or... Do you have one in mind in particular? Uh, let's skip yeah. that one. I don't know what that is. is Derek yeah. Ross saying, holy shit. Yeah. I just, I mean like, <laughs> I just think basically like this was a little unrelated to Noster directly. And I guess, Hey, back to back Derek Ross. Uh-huh. Um, fees are exploding right now. Mm-hmm. I think on the Bitcoin blockchain, and it's interesting in the long run. I love it because, you know, more fees, more security forces, yep. more people to layer to a lot of people are, ah, you know, Bitcoin exp- transactions are expensive and I get it pros and cons, but I do think that it's a nice extra push to like, let's move to layer two as much as we can. Um, and a lot of that, I guess is coming from the ordinals and these new things, BRC 20 tokens, right. which, <laughs> eh, whatever. I mean, people are going to do what they want to do. Right. Yeah. I actually thought Dan- Danny's quote on his free markets was hilarious where he's like, look, um, keeping up with the Kardashians is like objectively dumb and people watch it. Like right, people right. are going to do what they're going to do. So BRC 20 basically it's just like fungible tokens, not just one-off NFTs, but you could mint. in theory actually it's quite interesting because like it's, there's a lot of overlap with the lightning labs trying to do with Taro. I don't think we figured out how to do the ordinal stuff in lightning channels. In fact, mm. I'm not sure that's possible because each one's a UTXO. Um, but at least until it gets too expensive, you could, for example, even like issue stable coins as mm-hmm. a BRC 20 token. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, in Taro and lightning channels is much more scalable, but yeah, it's just, you could do DK coin or whatever. And like, <laughs> here we go again, 2017. Uh, I get it. But, but it is interesting just to me to see that, um, you know, the, the mempool is, is getting more experience, expensive again. Great. So you're not going to be investing in those, uh, those BRC 20. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I prefer no shilling on that. Thanks guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, Oh yeah. And then just want to give a shout out, you know, Fetty, um, which, you know, I'm, I'm stoked to be an investor from their seed round, just raised a pretty sizable series A. And, um, I know you've done a video on Fediment and Fetty mm-hmm. and, um, I think that's really promising, interesting technology to create Bitcoin back, Chamini cash, mm-hmm. um, a lot of potential in emerging markets and yeah, just kudos to those guys. It's, it's part of a broader trend I've been discussing, you know, with some investors and LPs that we're finally starting to see the growth rounds hit for lighting companies. And this is just another one. Mm-hmm. And who, um, who, this looks like this was led by ego death capital. Ego death did, they were, you know, in the seed and then I think led this, uh, for the A as well. Mm-hmm. And then, um, a couple of other, you know, Bitcoin investors, the bit most notable thing is that TBD, 
uh, from Block invested as well, mm. which I thought was pretty cool. Do, do they have like a venture capital arm or they're <laughs> uh, funny you mention that not a like formal Bitcoin dedicated one. Mm. Um, they do have, they make venture investments, not just in Bitcoin. Like, but I think at least last time we talked about this, you know, they had like cash app had their own investments. Maybe now they're kind of like rolling them in one, mm. but I don't think they have. And then like, you know, for example, the Bitcoin um, clean energy initiative there, they've done a couple of investments. So I think they've done investments strategically from different arms. I don't think there's like one VC arm, at least to the last, uh, to the best of my knowledge, last time I checked. Cool. We're good to see them getting in there with the support for Fetty. Well, as always, DK, it's like, hey, we're not going to have enough to talk about it. We can <laughs> go for two more hours. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty you consistent. Got, you got stuff to do, and we've got uh, some parties to go to tonight, and uh, happy hours and stuff. Fiesta. So. All right. I'll <laughs> wave. See right. you guys later. See ya. Thanks.